No, I listen to it all the time. I tell all my friends to smack it raw. Podcast containing mature content of views and opinions expressed by the host, and not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Smack and Raw Podcast, episode two fifty two. I am your host, the patron state of podcasting, the warden Matt Ritter. I am here with my co-host once again, filling in for Daddy Delgado, who is off this week. The shaman of Sheely from the Sheely Showcase, Miss Katie Kinsey Bay Bay. Uh, and we didn't come alone ladies and gentlemen making his porn hub debut from cage my iq it is the red-headed favorite soulless bastard from the league of extraordinary gentlemen's mr dan bakley or league of extraordinary podcasters not gentlemen they're not gentlemen in any way shape or form we don't make history over here (laughs) (laughs) and if you heard that raspy beautiful laugh you know that returning on Pornhub per his own personal request the host of the Wrestle Index Mr. Tim King Tim how's it going yo thanks for having me and yeah I would love to come back and talk some wrestling on Pornhub so I'm glad to be back man awesome awesome Dan you're doing good doing good happy to be here yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. You're gonna show us if you know the drapes match the carpet at any point during the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that to your like, imagination right now. Okay, I appreciate it. Uh let's get into some news and rumors. First and foremost, the internet is losing its shit over the fact that Raw will be going back to a TV 14 format come Monday. You've got the people who are like Oh, well, you know, if the product isn't any better than what does it matter? Oh, you're just going to get more swearing this night. You got people who think like they're going to start coming out and saying fuck for some reason. I don't know what TV 14 shows <laughs> you watch where they're just dropping F-bombs left and right. But there are those people, people who think it's going to be the attitude era. Mind you, the ruthless aggression era wasn't the attitude era. And that was still TV 14. And it was TV 14 well past that as well. So. I would not expect to see brawn panties matches. I would not expect to see uh, anyone fucking a corpse in a coffin. Uh, shout out to Katie Vick. Um, any of that stuff, you may get a li- You're probably going to get what you're already seeing in AEW. Maybe they say shit, more ass, maybe asshole, stuff like that a little stronger language. Cody might be able to bleed as much as he wants, which will be nice for him. Uh, Cause if he doesn't do it once a month, he gets really cranky. So got to give him at least one a month. Um, yeah. So how are you guys feeling about like, where are you guys at on the TV 14 rating? Are you excited? Is it whatever? 
whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, to me, it, I'm, I'm not too excited. What I am excited for is a little bit of blood. I think the TV 14 is exactly what you said. It's going to allow in Cody matches, and not only Cody matches, we get a good feud. Like if Edge and AJ was actually what we wanted it to be, you know, you get a little blood in that feud. Maybe it would have made that feud what we wanted it to be. Cody and Seth, if we get it again down the road, make it, you know, Cody wants to bleed. You said it. Give, give, give us some blood and the swearing. I said in, I said before, MJF and WWE wouldn't be the same as MJF and AEW because he can't cut that type of promo, like the same shit Christian's doing right now. But you go to WWE or PG-14 or whatever the hell this rating is, then a guy like MJF, his value skyrockets in WWE. So it makes a difference for sure. Yeah, I, I like the the idea of going back to PG-14. I think it's more so going to be PG, but a little bit more hyped up. I don't think it's going to be a major difference where, uh, like like you said in the past, we had the, the, the error back then. I think it's just going to be a little bit more amped up, a little bit more people talking, using more words, like curse words here and there, a little bit more violence, a little bit more blood, and just a little bit amped up. And I like that idea because things were starting to get a little bit stale in, in the PG era. And, uh, and and maybe, you know, we're on Pornhub, maybe a little more ass. You know, NXT 2.0 has clearly went the ass route. You know, you got Toxic Attraction and you got fucking uh, Nikita Lyons and you even got like Tatum Paxley down there and fucking Caden Carter throwing ass. So maybe while they continue to be good in the ring as they are because they fucking been, the women have been lighting it up. All right, maybe there's a little bit more ass too. Who knows? Quite just possibly look at tonight. Was. Yeah, just look at Lacey Evans tonight. Let's see each week how much more she can cut off that shirt before there's nothing left. Oh, we will talk about Lacey Evans tonight. <laughs> we will get there. Um, next up, apparently, Paul White, aka the Giant, aka the Big Show, has decided that when he returns in AEW, he wants to bring back the character of Captain Insano from the Waterboy movie. And Tony Khan has spoke to the writer, creator of Waterboy and acquired the rights to the character of Captain Insano. So you will be seeing Captain Insano on your AEW television very, very soon. I mean, it was his first acting role. He never got to be Captain Insano. Now, now it's going to be like old Captain Insano who's bald and can't fucking move because back then he had the long flowing hair and all that shit. And, but it'll be, I'm very curious as to how they're going to play this off. I really am. If, if they do it where it's in quick little bursts and like I'm dark and shit, I'm fine with it. If it's occupying like 10 to 15 minute segments and he's getting a big like match roll out of it. If you know me, all I ever say is fuck Matt Hardy. I don't want him on my television. I will say the same thing about Paul White. Thank you, Paul White, for what you have contributed to the business. You're fine on commentary. Again, you want to come out in small little segments. I'm cool with it, but I fuck no. AEW's got 120 people on that fucking roster and I need to see more of them on TV more often. I don't need Captain Insano fucking wasting my time. 
see it being like a appearance in like the battle royale because you know they're going to have one at all out so i could see him doing it right there just one appearance he's in it maybe like you said five to ten minutes he gets eliminated and that's it just the way of him bringing back the character for whatever he wants to if he just wants to like homage to it or not i'm fine with that as long as it's no more than one appearance I'm perfectly good with it being just backstage stuff where wrestlers bump into Captain Insano when he's doing his thing and kind of bringing a little bit more of the entertainment into the pro wrestling side of it because I personally think that the sports entertainer Chris Jericho brings like the shittiest part of sports entertainment in. This could actually be fun. So like I said, I'm interested. And Dan actually segued us into the next bit of news. Uh, Tradition will continue, ladies and gentlemen. And All Out will be held in Chicago, which I know we all knew, but a lot of people were like, why can't AEW do pay-per-view somewhere else than Chicago? Because we're the fucking best. That's why. Be better and you might get shit. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm fucking stoked. I'm going. I got my fucking combo tickets. Going to Dynamite. Going to Rampage. Going to fucking All Out. Got floor seats to dynamite. I got too many tickets to dynamite. I did the same thing like I did for Forbidden Door. Bought two sets of tickets, fucking just to make sure we got them. Well, actually, it was a whole cluster. I'm not even gonna sit here and explain it. It's a huge buying the tickets was a bit of a conundrum, but nonetheless, I got them. We're going. I'm pumped. The thing I'm most excited for is last year they they did this charity softball game, which was really cool, and I'm hoping that they do something similar this year or like a charity bowling event or, or something else. Cause that was the funnest part of the whole weekend. And we got Brian last year and we got Adam Cole last year, CM Punk's pay-per-view debut. Ooh, when we get it together, we're going to get Moxley and Punk. Let's go, baby. I'm fucking stoked. I do like the fact that they're doing like a tradition thing. <clears throat> it's been, oh, it's been in Chicago every year. The only knock I have against it is the fact that you only have, four pay-per-views and if you're doing all out there and then they used to do revolution there since then they've moved moved it to orlando if you keep doing it at the same places you're losing out on some of that crowd from say somewhere in the the west or the south even the northeast where you're not going to another area to get them situated with the product like the past couple years the aw's only been in basically the east side of the United States. They just started to go back to the west because of the pandemic and everything. You you want to kind of branch out a little bit, maybe. But I do like the fact that with Ring of Honor, they possibly could have a couple more pay-per-views, but just for Ring of Honor and maybe go out there. So if that's something that they do, I'm fine with it. I just don't want them to get into this situation where you have four pay-per-views and say two or three are in the same uh, city every time well like i said if other cities were better they might get better pay-per-views but uh they're not chicago and uh speaking to your point i know katie's co-host savannah got her tickets for all out and she plans on vlogging her trip to chicago hopefully she can get in because apparently she didn't hear me when i told her she wasn't allowed in chicago we don't want people from <laughs> texas coming in here ruining the vibe uh because she's all like i got my tickets well i didn't say you couldn't buy tickets savannah i just said we're not gonna let you in like try and get in go ahead no 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 she can buy all the tickets she wants i'm basically the reason she got her tickets so 
that was very very wrong of you shame on you fuck off <laughs> uh last but not least in news and rumors and it's something i just saw so i threw in here uh former nxt uk female wrestler killer kelly showed up at impact so apparently she is part of the knockouts division now i was a big fan of killer kelly i i thought it was cool you know i always thought it was weird when everyone was like oh they can't call him killer cross when they had a killer kelly like it was a weird thing that people like narrative people were trying to push because she was killer kelly in nxt uk but uh i was always kind of a fan of her i know she's a big uh kane fan not so much glenn jacobs but the character kane um so not that i watch impact uh maybe catch something here on occasion but uh yeah no uh, that's a boon for their already blooming women's division so that's pretty cool so i'm not gonna lie i i did watch impact this week i watched the copious amount of wrestling um i have the impact plus subscription for 6.99 a month so i do try to catch it uh i i'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not religious with it but i do try to go back and catch it and i like it because i get to watch all the old pay-per-views which are cool our buddy kyle kind of turned me on to watching the old impact stuff and I, I i get down on it now but i had nothing else to do i had the kids and i was watching it i was watching it and I watched her vignette this week and I was like, that's a bad, bad woman right there. So, <laughs> so if you don't know her and you just watched impact and you've seen it for the first time, she gives you that vibe. Like she's a bad, badass coming in. So I dug it. Cause I don't, I didn't know too much about her in UK. I heard, you know, all the, all the talk about her and the independent scene and whatnot, but just seeing that vignette, I was bought in and invested. And she didn't make too many appearances on UK either, but she had that look and I thought she was going to be really good. And then they just let her go. And I'm like, damn, they missed the opportunity with her. And then they started to show a little bit like somebody's going to debut this week, yada, yada. I'm like, I wonder who it is. And I was going through everybody and I didn't think to think about her. And when I saw the, the vignette, I liked it because one thing that, impact has done well is vignettes and they've done well with uh, the women's division uh they always put off of really good matches they actually have women's tag team title matches on their uh program they don't just forget about them and they have two or three matches a week uh, this past week they had two matches so i've always been a fan of impact with their women's product and I think that they'll use her to her strengths and actually get something out of her. Yeah, no, like I said, Impact has not really caught my attention yet. I I, tuned, I did tune in to watch Roxy uh, versus Deanna Perrazzo. That was the last time I probably tuned into Impact where I was like, all right, I kind of want to see this. And I'm glad I did because then I got to know who Roxanne Perez was before she came over to WWE. So I had a little introduction and kind of knew what to expect. But uh you know, the more they build their women's division and the more they promote it, you know, I heard good things about the ladder match with Mickey James and Chelsea Green and all that stuff that they had going on there. So uh, I, there's an interest. It's just they really need to do something to make me, like, come over and watch. And they, mm -hmm. they have not done that yet. Because when I was trying to watch earlier, I just – it was not for me. It was not working. They had, like, the Wrestle House shit and all that. And I'm like, this is hard for me to pay attention to. And there was like a camera that just had one view and there was never a different angle and it was bugging the shit out of me. So that's terrible. I, th hey, I think one of the Mickey James. Oh, my, my bad. I was going to say, no, no, you go, you go. Yeah. No, M Mickey James and Chelsea green are like making out back and forth this past week's episode. Too, I did so see that. 
I so it fucking that. fits in perfectly right here on this show. So Chelsea Green kissed Mickey James, and then Mickey James was like, "Oh, you're not going to take my move," and started yeah. kissing Chelsea Green back. But it wasn't like a loving, sexy, hot kiss. It was kind of like a uh, a BDSM forceful, like anger kiss. Yeah, it was aggressive. It was like, yeah, it was back and forth. It was, you know, that porn meme where everyone like they photoshopped uh, Sansa and Arya Stark on the heads of like the the tall redheaded girl and the short little girl who's like pushing her up. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. Was that meme? (laughs) Yeah. Then they made the comment about it right afterwards on the commentary. They're like, "This is shades of Trish Stratus and uh, Mickey James right here bringing Mm -hmm. back WWE." with that feud right there. It's kind of the roles have flipped where Mickey James is uh, Trish now and Chelsea Green is the, the old Mickey James where she was a big fan of her and how she turned on her uh, for being too big and forgetting about her. Uh, I, I, I like that about that whole rivalry and where they changed it up a little bit, but it's not exactly the same, but it just reminisces all about it. And then, I do get why like you're not really turned on the impact because it's with me with impact it's doses of it like I like the X division I like the women's division but then to me the the main event talent is kind of lacking and then even the mid car is kind of lacking it's like anything with the X division the women I'm all down for it because I think the X division is very talented I think the women they have so many women there and they know how to actually have them wrestle and do a lot with each other like they can add people and no one really gets lost in the shuffle there they just haven't put all the pieces together at once or maybe they don't need to maybe they should just get rid of the male mid card and main event and literally make the show the x division and the women and let that be their brand is come here for our x division and our women i will say i'm going to correct myself now that you reminded me that Chelsea Green and Mickey James made out, I think I might check out Impact next week just to see what's going on. <laughs> and you're going to have Chelsea and Deanna. They're going to be the women's tag team champions here very soon. And Masha Slamovich is out there fucking with uh, Tennille. So you got you got some good stuff going on in that women's division. You definitely hit it on the head, Bakley. They, I feel like they put on good matches, but the storylines aren't quite there. But again, I'm, I'm tuning in. I'm tuning out. I can't. Just like I do with NXT 2.0, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm out. I can't, I, if I'm not fully invested, I can't sit here and, and really hate on a product. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's the fact that it's on Axis Network. Not a lot of people get it. So a lot of time when I catch it, it's on YouTube, just like you. I pay the, I pay the $6.99 as well, because I know I'm going to miss it half the time because who, who here has Axis Network? in the u.s not a lot of people probably have it so i either try and catch it later uh you're one of the few or uh, or i try and uh, watch it on youtube because they have clips of every match on youtube and i like the fact that i get those youtube only pay-per-views that they do and they're doing one in a couple weeks uh, right in uh, chicago so yeah, they this are, is the man. most time we have ever given to impact on the show. <laughs> Literally. So, my, my bad. My bad. No, it's all good. Um, also, before we move on, uh, shout out to our boy Just of the Get Show podcast. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Justin. Um, we love you. I also want to let everyone know that next year or next year, next month, next next week, <laughs> not next year, not next month, next week is our five-year anniversary show. 
Um, and for all of you guys wondering what we're going to do, uh, it will be me, Vince and Katie. Uh, Travis will be returning to the show uh, to celebrate five years of the Smack and Raw podcast, as well as my very first co-host, Eric Seeker. So if you're a fan from way, way back, Eric is making his return. And uh, my first ever guest host who came on to fill in when I didn't have one, my wife, Kate. So if anyone listening to this podcast has any questions about the last five years of the Smack and Raw podcast for us or just questions for anyone that's going to be on Travis, Katie, Vince, my wife, me about anything going on. Go ahead and DM me those questions. I'm going to collect them, and then I'm going to answer them. We're, we are going to answer them on air next week as we reminisce over five years of the Smack and Raw podcast. Five years. Congrats, brother. And happy birthday. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats. And it's Katie's birthday next week, so we'll be celebrating that as well. Oh, happy early birthday. Happy, yeah. Um, and also before we move on, because I didn't do it at the beginning of the show, as always, ladies and gentlemen, go check out those Black Lives Matter t-shirts from Young Kings Wrestling. You can get them at ykwrestling.com. They are in the NWO style. And all the money that is generated from the sale of those shirts is put into a fund and then donated to families who have lost loved ones or are dealing with legal proceedings due to police brutality and the spirit of the Black Lives Matter movement, but it is in no way, shape, or form associated with the Black Lives Matter organization. TC himself takes this money, finds the people who lost loved ones, who um, have GoFundMes for funeral costs and court costs and things like that due to this, and donates to them directly, um, as well as the Pro Wrestling Pro Choice t-shirts that we have up on sale that you can get uh, at our Teespring. If you go to my link tree for creation world it is there it's link tree slash creation world um and all that money will go to the women's reproductive rights assistance project and katie has the same shirt up so you can go get the same shirt in a different color and all that money goes to planned parenthood i recommend you do both so both all right dan you sir are the guest of honor this week because it is your debut here on Pornhub. so uh where do you want to start with spits and swallows I'm going to start with the, from NXT, the Giovanni Vinci and Apollo Crews. I'm going to swallow that. I loved every minute of that match. I didn't know necessarily know if I was going to like it or not because I thought it was too soon for Giovanni Vinci to go into a program with Apollo, but I dug it. Somebody actually had this really good meme on Twitter when Apollo Crews came up to the top rope, jumped off of it, Vinci caught him picked mm-hmm. him up, and then slammed him. Somebody said, you never really see the smaller wrestler do that to the bigger one. You always see the bigger one catching the small wrestler and do it. And he did it. He did it very well. I was surprised at how much strength that he had to pull Cruz up and flip him over. I like the fact uh, that uh, uh, they gave Vinci the win via because Cruz got distracted in the matchup, got hit, it got thrown in. But I like the fact that they're using Giovanni Vinci I hope that they don't build him up just to make something bad happen to him later where they just forget about him. Mm-hmm. Because I thought he should have stuck with Guther and, and uh, Ludwig, but they decided to pull him away. So maybe they see something about him where he could be on his own, do his own thing. I do know he's Italian and he's only playing a German character in that sense. So maybe they wanted to capitalize on that nationality. 
and they could capitalize on that nationality now because Tony had to murder one of his boys. He could use a little extra help, especially with Santos returning from his little stay in the hospital for being a little bitch. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. It, it was actually a really good match. Apollo is fucking fantastic. I'm happy to see that they found a place to utilize him. And that, like I've talked about before, that we get to see this new version, this confident version of Apollo where he's cocky and everything. And that spot was fucking awesome uh, between the two. <clears throat> I'm not sold on uh, this new character for Giovanni as of yet, but the in-ring work is great. So I got to give the guy that. Oh, yeah. In-ring work, that match was incredible. It was probably the best match on NXT in-ring wise. Uh, yeah, Apollo and keeping the thing with Apollo and Zion alive while trying to focus on this match was smart. I don't know. I, yeah, like, like I said, you don't see smaller guys hoisting up and catching the bigger guys like that. So, yeah, everything about the match was good. Vinci, eh. I, yeah, I'm looking at I don't really like the character. I don't, I'm not sold yet, but I, he's only like, what, a month? End of the character. Mm. We'll give it time. Put him with the family. <laughs> Anything, Tim? Yeah, all oh, the match. The match fucking banged for sure. I didn't like the end of the. Well, I like the end of the match. The power bomb was fucking nasty. Like that was a sick finisher for sure. But I don't like Apollo losing at all. Like you bring him down. I get you're continuing his feud with fucking Zion Quinn. But what the fuck is your feud with Zion Quinn? Who fucking cares about Zion Quinn? You're Apollo, like you brought you were brought down there because you're supposed to make a difference. I, I if you're gonna elevate someone, I, I get you're trying to elevate this guy, but he just got there. Let him win a bunch of matches and build his credentials back and then elevate someone. I don't like the loss at all. Like the WWE is all about DQs and shit. They should have had a like botch ending where Zion Quinn just interfered in the match, beat him down or some shit. But I do not like Apollo taking the one, two, three. I was very surprised. The match was very good. Very good. Everything you guys said about his strength. I loved Imperium. I, I was down with Imperium like a year before they put the titles on him. I was all down with Imperium. So I'm a big fan. I don't like Apollo losing at all. Especially, like you said, new badass Apollo, confident Apollo taking a pin. Come on, man. How many people actually saw Zion Quinn in the crowd? Because they were saying right after the match, he's been there the whole time. Look at him. And they, and they panned to him and it's like, it's because he's fucking him? forgettable and the feud is meaningless <laughs> and Apollo will win it, move on. And they, all right, I get, I guess given Apollo. So sometimes a loss like that is good because he's not undefeated anymore. So you don't have to worry about giving him the loss. He took the loss. He's got a loss under his record. But fuck, he just got there. Come on. But the match banged. I'll give you that. Well, I mean, I think Apollo, like you said, is there to build talent and here, he gave Vinci the win, and he's pushing this feud with Zion Quinn to try and help build Zion Quinn. Because as you said, he's already he's forgettable. Like he's a sexy fucking man, but character wise, he's forgettable as shit. And you're like, who the fuck is he? Well, hopefully through this feud with Apollo, we find out who the fuck he is. He's a very sexy man, and he should bring his woman with him, and it would really add to him. It would give him that cross Scarlet feel because they're basically like knockoffs. Cross and Scarlet, right? Isn't that what those two are? Uh, yeah, let's be honest. But they're they're pretty. Let's be honest. They're they're all sexy, all four of them. But but Quinn and Danielle, right? That's her name. 
they're fucking they're just knockoffs of, of cross and scarlet but yeah what you got for spits and swallows tim oh dude aew main event tag team title match keith lee keith lee swerve strickland new aew tag team champions hell yes i marked out like crazy i was laying in bed like midnight ish I was laying there with my wife and I was like, yo, babe, you know that meme where the, you know, where the, the, the girl's like, he's probably thinking about another woman. I'm like, I'm sitting here fucking, you're thinking that I'm like, I'm all I'm thinking about is Keith Lee hoisting that title belt up, man. Watching Swerve jump off his belly. Fucking Keith Lee do the big flip. The Swerve stop. One, two, three, and new. I just wish we had like 90 seconds more to celebrate with them in the ring before the fucking thing went off the air. Mm-hmm. That was my only gripe with it, but the match banged and my guy got a belt and I felt so gratified. I fucking love Keith Lee and Swerve's the man. I love that tag team. So swallowing that shit. Oh, 100%. I'm with you all the way. Uh, by the way, fuck you, Vinny. Uh, Keith Lee's fantastic. Uh, so there's that. Um, he's not listening, so... But Ryan may or may not listen. <laughs> Ryan, you can pass that on. Um <laughs> No, dude, seeing Keith Lee in the ring, doing Keith Lee's things, like, I did not see them winning this. I did not see that coming, so that was awesome. I also watched the uh, post-match promo that Keith Lee cut about his friend, which was very heartfelt and awesome, so that whole thing was cool, and I'm really happy to see them actually utilizing guys like Swerve and Keith Lee because... We've talked about it. We said, you know, they're going to be on dark. They're going to be shoved off to Ring of Honor because we know how Tony Khan is. We made all those comments and all those jokes, and now they're AEW Tag Team Champions. And honestly, I'd much rather have that than the Bucks. So, yeah. And the way I described it is, wrestling is a soap opera. If you expect something, it, it's going to get changed. It. What would a soap opera be without twists and turns? Nobody expected the titles to change hands. Not a single fucking person. You could have bet money and been like, Bucks are going to retain. I'm happy the Bucks didn't win. I'm very happy the Bucks didn't win. Keith Lee and Swerve deserve this. You can also make the argument Hobbs and Starks did as well. Anyone in the match could have won. There was a few times I thought anyone was going to win. The match was great. I agree with Tim. I do wish they had a little more time at the end. But whatever. We can only do so much, but I'm very fucking happy. Keith Lee and Swerve were tag team champions. Yeah, I, I bet that's why they put that two minute clip out uh, on YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. giving Keith Lee the floor, was probably because they were running uh, time and they didn't have enough time to let them have that moment on uh, TV. But I think one of the big things about uh, the Bucks losing was the fact that it was the young Bucks. No one expected them to lose literally a month after winning the titles because I believe everybody knew that the Hardys were going to win it and then everything with that happened. So then the Bucks were kind of were put in to, to win the titles as the backup plan. And you don't think, oh, the consolation is the Bucks are going to be transitional uh, champions. You don't see that happening there. And I like the fact that they pulled the trigger on that because it shows that even though the Bucks are that good, that they can be transitional titles. They can transition over. You had that little thing right before uh, the Forbidden Door where you had a little bit of hostility between Lee and Swerve. 
And I think it was just to make people think that they weren't going to win t- the titles or have any chance of because they have, we're going to deal with that little bit of issue between the two. And I like that little bit of swerve, pun and say, right there. And they got the win. And something that, like I just started right now, they could continue that rivalry with Hobbs and uh, Starks. Yep. Because mm-hmm. they lost to them. They technically did pin, uh, I believe it was Starks. In the match, you could have a match for the titles and then have Hobbs and Stark be like, hey, we beat you guys already beforehand. You didn't pin us here. We want to continue this. And it, maybe it's a thing that they book right all the way into all out. Or I feel like the Young Bucks were probably taking time off. I think maybe that's why they dropped it too, because they've been wrestling Good. all this time. They probably are going to take like a month off right before all out and then come back and do something maybe with FTR or somebody else. Listen, I know that AEW was built on the back of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, but the less of them I see on AEW, the happier I am. So yeah, take some time off. Have some fun. <laughs> uh, you beat me to my you beat me to my swerve joke. You, you beat me to my pun. Um, I, I also really enjoy the fact that Tim was in bed with his wife thinking about swallowing Keith Lee and Swerve Scott uh, for tonight. So that I appreciate. Katie, spit or swallow, what you got? Uh, I'm going to swallow and go back to Raw. I know you're jumping all over the place. Uh, Cowboy Brock. I have I have said this on numerous occasions. Cowboy Brock is my favorite iteration of Brock Lesnar. I don't know what it is. It's the ponytail. It's the cowboy hat. It's the way he's just having fun, I think. Um, it does the whole promo with him and Paul and Theory coming out, that was a little fucking weird. But it's okay because Brock was there. Uh, And it did kind of just make me a little more excited for SummerSlam, even though we have seen Brock and Roman so many times. I I don't know. I just really like Cowboy Brock. He's a fun time. So, follow Cowboy Brock. I'm with you on that. Uh, Let's talk about that promo because Brock Lesnar comes out and he says, Roman Reigns has been living high on the hog, and at SummerSlam, he's going to spit roast him. Uh, Paul Heyman comes out and says that he is training Brock or Roman Reigns in the art of anal fisting. So at SummerSlam, he can reach right up there and grab his heart and rip it right out of his ass. Theory talks a lot of shit to a man he knows for a fact has no qualms about attempted murder and then showed a video of Brock attempting to murder him. So that was uh, that was a thing. And then Brock destroys Alpha Academy and Paul Heyman gets a fear boner on the stage. All of this. Listen, if you have, if you are not aware of what a fear boner looks like, watch the opening segment of Monday Night Raw and look at Paul Heyman's face. That was a fear boner. Fucking love fear boner, dude. God damn. I love fear boner. I'm going to name this episode fear boner. Pete's got a fear boner. (laughs) Episode 252. Fear boner. Yeah, I'm um, with you. I'll swallow. I'll swallow that segment for sure. Um, I'm not down with Roman Brock again. I mean, the match will be the match will bang. I just have no like vested interest in it. But all all the talk about Hog was pretty funny. I was I was laughing about that. Theory definitely added to it. Theory is believe it or not, for all the theory haters, theory is actually adding a lot to this Roman Reigns Brock Brock Lesnar match that really no one has interest in by 
you know, continuing over and over again to threat the cash in. But watching what Brock did to Otis is cool as fuck. And uh, I dug that. So, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with the swallow for sure. Go ahead, Dan. I'm a little, I'm a little bit of spit and swallow on this segment just because I spit the fact that, of course, Brock Lesnar comes out, he's doing a promo, and Paul Heyman interrupts him. We've seen that so many times now. So that's one part that I'm kind of over with. But then I liked everything about it. I liked the fact, just like she said, Cowboy Brock, uh, talking about roasting him. But then Derry, like you said, brings in that extra bit of uh, to that match because it's the uncertainty. They could have a match where you know what's going to happen, but then Derry could come down and cash in. People want to see if he actually cashes in or not. And it's going to get them to tune in. And, that, and then I like the fact that they panned back to Elimination Chamber, where it showed a little bit of the past where it gets F5'd off of the chamber, uh, chamber door. That was great. And how he was like, oh, that he tried to roast me right there. He tried to kill me, yada, yada, yada. It was like, but that doesn't matter now because come SummerSlam, they could kill each other and I could just walk down there and cash in and become the new champion. Like, I like that new aspect to this Brock Reigns feud. Well, that's the thing is that that's why I didn't spit it at all is because, yeah, have we seen this before? But they freshened it up. They made it so like I I am personally excited for Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a last man standing match just because I know that they're two big guys. We're going to beat the shit out of each other. And then Paul Heyman comes out and promises me anal fisting and Brock Lesnar <laughs> promised me spit roasting. Like, how can I not be excited for this? And then on top of that, you add in that little shit theory that everyone is like, there's no way he can beat these guys, but he keeps saying, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it. Despite everyone telling him he shouldn't, despite everyone saying there's no fucking way he keeps saying he's going to go do it. And if he does and he cashes in and he wins, the IWC is going to lose their shit and I'm all for it and he is the the biggest snake in the grass is already involved in this situation so what if i don't personally think it's going to happen but what if paul Heyman costs them all and goes and manages theory with the belts it's always a possibility too again i don't think it's going to happen but it's always out there with paul Heyman. you never know I like Derry. I just can't get that picture out of my mind of him being Johnny Gargano's son on NXT. That's, always, <laughs> that, that's like ingrained in my mind of him being that character. And then all of a sudden he's just, of course, he gets caught up and he's completely different. Like he still has a little bit of that, but it's like, I still want to call him uh, uh, Austin uh, Gargano for some reason. Austin Every Gargano, time I yeah. see him. Yeah. Uh, my first swallow, since we're jumping around, why the fuck not? I'm going to swallow on Rampage the face-to-face that I saw between Sting and Malachi Black. Because as I said, and now listen, Undertaker and Sting is a completely different class of matchup. I am not comparing the idea of this matchup to that. But I never got to see characters that I loved, like Undertaker and Sting face off one-on-one even when we had the chance and it's something I wanted for decades. I may get the chance to see Malachi black versus Sting. fucking give me that. Please give me that. I trust Malachi black to take care of sting in the ring and make sting look as good as possible at his age in a singles match. I know he's better hidden in a tag team match where he can spend some time 
over on the apron, catching his breath and come in and do his stuff. But I, I really want to see this. And on top of that, like, yeah, there was a tag team match, whatever. Yeah. But Miro cuts the fucking promo afterwards saying, did you send the house of black to destroy me or recruit me? And like the intrigue that Miro has created with absolutely doing nothing in Ada, like he was TNT <laughs> champion. He was fantastic, but straight off of character work and promo skill is fucking amazing. And I want to see it. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Yo, just fucking flat out. Amazing. Everything about the, the end of, I thought that match sucked. I was actually commented like six times. I was like, why does this match suck so bad? Like they were so off with each other, but who cares about that fucking match, dude? After it, the showdown, Darby just jumping off the fucking, the entrance ramp again. That was cool as fuck. And then just Sting and Black just staring through each other's soul. The walk away, the walk back to each other. I feel it. I felt it, man. I felt everything that you felt. I was invested. I was in the screen right when I saw your tweet. I was like, bang, retweet. Like every, like I, I felt your words, bro. And I, I would love the black instinct thing one-on-one for sure. I think they'll probably end up doing the tag team match at all out Brody and black against sting and Darby. And I'm fine with that because we'll get the interaction, but that stare down, that was hot shit, man. Like, and I'm curious in the Miro thing. I love Miro. I thought I forgot about the little vignette a couple of weeks ago where he was talking about black. I, I forgot that that was a thing. So now I'm even fucking extra intrigued. Is he joining the house? Is Miro going to get a full face turn and go after the house? Is fucking Miro going to team with Sting? Is Miro going to team with the house? Like I'm the whole thing has me so super fucking intrigued. Like you said earlier, Katie, when it's a, when it's a soap opera, like at, at the end of the day, what wrestling is to us, like we what we want it to be, surprise and intrigue. That's what WWE took away from us forever was surprise and intrigue. The end of that tag team match was surprise and intrigue. What they can deliver to us with what those five guys did at the end of that segment is surprise and intrigue. And I'm all in and I just bring it to me, baby. Write that story. I want to see it. And it all started from one small thing where Darby went to put his hand out to congratulate Brady King on a nice match with Moxley and he didn't accept it and then Darby Allen was doing a promotional video at a skate shop and he gets attacked from behind by Brody King and Brody King uses his finisher on him onto a skateboard I thought that was great and they just kind of continued that this week by him getting that revenge by jumping off onto Brody King and then I loved the, the stare down between Sting and Black they, it was that slow pan they didn't run. They didn't uh, go fast. They just slowly went, stared at each other. They walked back, but then they did it again, and then it kind of panned off again. It's like, well, at least two people are going to just uh, stop the slow pan and then just go at each other. I think mm -hmm. it's going to be kind of like a slow build. They're going to milk it a little bit because you want to see that black versus sting, and that's what people want, and you're going to get it, but they don't want to give it to you right away. They want you to wait and watch it pan out over a couple of weeks to give it to you. I don't think they're going to do it at all. I think that's why that Miro vignette makes me excited. Maybe they do it in a couple of weeks and then Miro comes out at some point and either, like you said, either he double swears us and he goes to the House of Black or he comes and he winds up facing Malachi Black at all out. Like That's what makes it even better. Just like you said, the uncertainty. We don't know what he's going to do 
but he's been fire in the vignettes. I love what he's doing with those things, talking to God, wherever he's talking to. He's just like, do you not want me to succeed? Do you want me to fail? What do you want me to do? And like, I love what he's doing. It's given him at least something to do if he's not going to be in the ring. Which is why it makes sense to put him in House of Black, because House of Black has that anti-religious undertone. And ever since he became the Redeemer, he has turned on his God. Like, that's why I'm like, this is this is fucking awesome. Also, I noticed that Tim has somehow given us all virtual COVID. He's got us all coughing on the, the call tonight. So, uh <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I, I am absolutely stoked for this. Rampage does not often give me a wrestling hard-on. This gave me a wrestling hard-on. So, Yo, and really quick, before we, we, we get off top or before we leave this topic, Miro joining the House of Black really doesn't make sense outside of what you just said, Matt. But it does if you're going to feud them with the BCC down the road because right now, as is, the House of Black isn't constructed to feud with them properly. If you add Miro to that group and you have Black, Miro, King, and Matthews, then you can go fuck with Mox, Claudio, Brian, and Yuta. Now, that's a four-on-four four that everyone wants to fucking see. And let us not forget, possibly maybe Ruby Soho and Julia as well, as a little side thing. <laughs> Beautiful. Absolutely. Uh, what you got for me, Bakley? The next one I'm going with, uh, of course, is Sir Andre Chase on NXT. The excursion over to the UK. I loved every minute of them touring the UK. They, he even did a match on NXT UK last week, which was very really nice. But it's just the character itself. It's very amusing, very funny. You see the two classmates just going at it in the back. I like how he sells the punches from her all the time how it makes it look like she's actually hurting him but then he pans back when he's teaching the crowd and he's reading this thing he's like what am i reading he was like he's like god damn it glenn and then he goes into the crazy mode where he starts cursing just goes crazy and then he kicks him out it seems like a weekly thing with him blaming somebody for something but it works so well like and he's a character that's gotten better each week to each oh, yeah. week and he's really good in the ring like at first, when they brought the character, I'm like, oh, this character sucks. But now I'm going to really like the character, and I want to see where they keep going with it. But I love how they went to the UK just because he had a match there, uh, and they played it off perfectly. And I'm ready to see what happens next. Well, that's the, I, I'm with you. I had that on my list as well. We've talked the last couple of weeks about really enjoying the Chase U shit oh. ever since Thea has come in. It's Thea, right? Thea. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. Um, it's been entertaining and I was where you were like I, I did not like the football coach character at first but again that's something else I'm going to talk about and swallow tonight like some of these characters end up growing on you and you really start to enjoy them you're not going to agree with me Katie you're not going to like it it is what it is um, but that's why we talked about Giovanni Vinci um, and giving him a chance because it's still early like I may not like it now but you never know two, three months down the road, I may really start to enjoy it to see what it evolves into. So hundred uh, percent. Also blonde Bo Dallas and Thea are great together. It's just like an entertainment comedy duo. So that's it, fun. It's so good. Like we both said months ago, we were just like, ah, eh, chase you. Okay. But each week we're slowly just like, you know what? You know, this is great. It's, it's fun. It's a break from the, 
serious feuds we're having and like title feuds and teams breaking up and whatever the fuck it's a nice getaway from that and all three members of JCU, Lombo Dallas, Thea, Andre, it's it's perfect. So there's like a dad and his children. That's like the vibe you get. Very much an NXT thing. Dad and his children, mom and their children, grown ass up, adults. He brought up my he brought up yep. the way, yeah. Johnny, the way, Candace, yep. Indy. Yep. Guy anything, Tim? Yeah, I, en- I enjoyed the segment. It gets us away from that shitty NXT 2.0 crowd. So anything that does that, I'm all in on. You're such a hater. <laughs> oh, what, do you got? what do you got for spits and swallows? Yeah, I'm going to go back to another swallow and see, I'm going to do something. Or I'm going to talk about something that you guys just talked about. A character that I hated, and I mean like Jim Cornette level hated for like six months, maybe even a year. And now I absolutely adore him. I love him. The Orange Cassidy versus Wardlow TNT championship match. I'm swallowing hard as fuck. One, because Big Sexy was in that match, all right? Two, the fucking bullshit IWC. And, oh, they buried Wardlow. They buried Wardlow. How the fuck did they bury Wardlow? Because he took moves from fucking, I still call him pockets, but because he took moves from fucking (laughs) pockets, dude? Are you kidding me? You all, you talk about AEW being a wrestling company. They're, you know, they, they don't like the sports entertainment moniker. Wrestling is sports entertainment. Sports entertainment is wrestling. You take it for fucking what it is, all right? And that match, it gave you a shitload of sports entertainment, but there was also a bunch of wrestling in that match. Orange Cassidy is a great wrestler. Go watch his match with Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door. That'll show you everything that you need to know. And I realized that Orange Cassidy was a good wrestler, like, like two years ago, once I got, I, I seen him actually go, I was like, all right, this, this stupid shit that he does is actually fun because he's actually a really good wrestler. And like when Wardlow ripped his pockets out during the match, I thought that was fucking so cool. And then they had a bunch of other really funny spots throughout the match. Wardlow got his, he fucking hit him with the, like, it was a kind of a power bomb, I guess, after, you know, orange went for that orange punch. I thought that match was a hell of a lot of fun. Wardlow didn't get buried by any means, and it was a fun title defense. Wardlow with the original TNT Championship, that red TNT Championship again, looks hot as fuck, too. And for everyone who hates, like, the Wardlow chance walking out, why, dude? You need to build a megastar. Build him. You got him in front of you right now. Whatever you need to do to get the crowd invested, get it. Let's go. This is why I love when you bring Tim on, because Tim equals my thirst. I love it. Wardlow, Ward Daddy. This man can do no wrong. The match, great. I have no issues. Spots were good. The pockets, Chuck Taylor thinking he's leather face pulling out a fucking chainsaw out of nowhere. It it's it's all like it works. It works for it did what it had to do. It didn't bury Wardlow in any way, shape, or form. I would would I like to be pinned like Cassidy? Yes. Very much so. If I can't get it from Rhea, I'll get it from Wardlow. That's all I ask. Not asking for much. But I I agree with everything Tim was saying. Like, the match was great. Wardlow with the title in general, hot as fuck. The original title, even better. Because the red and singlet, goddamn. That's a, that's a fine looking man right there. 
I agree with all that. I'm spitting Chuck Taylor for just being there. Uh, because I, I can't stand Chuck Taylor. Uh, again, I know uh, you hate him. I don't like the I don't like the look of the man. Uh, I really don't. I don't like the fact that he calls himself Chuck Taylor and he doesn't wear Chuck Taylors. I have uh, explained just, this to you so many times. It doesn't matter. I still don't like it. Whatever. Uh yeah, no, but other than that, no, I have been a fan of Orange Cassidy since I first saw him and I first saw him in AEW. Like I always thought the gimmick was cool. And once I really got to see him go and kind of drop the gimmick to where he got into that position of he's like, okay, I'm so good. I don't need to give you my energy. And then he got in with Pac and he's like, this is someone that deserves my energy and I'm really going to have to go. I appreciated that. That is how I'd like to personally see him presented all of the time because he's been going a lot lately. So going back to that a little bit in this Wardlow match, I really loved, like you said, him sticking his hand in the pockets and Wardlow ripping the pockets and all the little playful stuff before they really got into the match. I enjoyed the fuck out of, I enjoyed seeing a chainsaw. just not who was holding it. I'm going to give the credit to Trent because Trent had the sleeve for the chainsaw. So yeah, great, great to have Trent out there. Um, but yeah, no man, dude, it it was great. It was on my list as well. So. Yeah. I like the list. I, I, I had it on a swallow as well. And to add on to that, when he pulled the pockets out and then orange Cassidy put his singlet back on, uh, very slowly, I like that. He just gave him that look. I like the slow pace of the beginning. And then you had uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent Brenna had the manager's uh, cards this time. And they were like, we're going to help you out. Make sure you win at all costs. And they got thrown out right away because of that dumb spot. But then you had Warlow walking and you see him stop, look, and you're like, uh-oh. You know what he's going at there. And then he pulls out, <laughs> you know who, out from under the under the ring. And he just goes like this, and then he just was like, go, just go. I like the little play and banter there. But then that's when the match really picked up. They started to go. Orange Cassidy really shows that, like, he's an acquired taste as a, a gimmick. But when he needs to amp it up, he amps it up. And he goes really hard. I like that about him. It's Some people don't like it, but I'm just like, that's the, the best part of the gimmick is you don't expect him to get to that point where he, he goes and he goes hard. And he gave him a raking match. He wanted to put over Orange Cassidy in a loss, but still at the same time, make it look like Orlo's being tested a little bit because he's always mm-hmm. squashing people. And the only knock I have is maybe they did this match too soon. Maybe they could have done it in a couple of weeks, but they still did the match. The match was still great. It puts over both guys because even in a loss, Orange Cassidy put on a great show and the crowd is into him. The crowd is also into Wardlow. So the match worked all together in itself, and I loved it. I can't believe we didn't even mention Danhausen because, I yeah. I was going to say, how the was... fuck did we forget Lawyerhausen, Danhausen himself? But to Bakley's point, that is that is what is great about fucking Orange Cassie because here's the thing. There are a lot of really good wrestlers, mm-hmm. but if he was just really good wrestler – he wouldn't stand out. There is nothing remarkable about Orange Cassidy. So doing this gimmick and being who he is, and then when he needs to, being the great wrestler that he is, is what draws your eye to him and sets him apart. If you strip away the gimmick and you put this man in tights or trunks, he's just some skinny blonde guy who can wrestle really well that most people aren't going to give a shit about. This is why you give a shit about Orange Cassidy. I don't understand people who don't like at this point. I get when you first see him being like, oh, this is kind of stupid. But when you see 
how he can go. Tim talked about it on his latest episode at uh, the Forbidden Backdoor pay-per-view, um, how he went against uh, uh, Hummus Sabra Jr. Um, it was great. Sabra Hummus Jr., whatever the fuck his name is. Isn't that who Orange Jassy wrestled? No. What do you call Will Ospreay? Uh, Will Ospreay gets Will Ospreay's name because he is linked to the only good wrestler from New Japan, the Great Okan, uh, the leader of that faction, the Great Okan. Yeah, that that was that was the match right there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, sure, Osprey and Orange Cassidy. Again, I didn't watch Forbidden Door personally because I am the way I am about New Japan. It yeah. was not worth my fifty dollars. But I know Tim talked about how great that match was and how he showed out. You can see this in his matches with Pac and all these other matches that he does. So. Um, yeah, no, I'm with that 100%. Katie, spit or swallow? What do you got? I'm gonna do a spit. Um, back to NXT, the Funko head looking motherfucker himself, JD McDonald's. I, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I have no investment in formerly known as Jordan Devlin. I know he's really good. I've I've seen his matches. I I know he can go. I just, it was him and Grimes. I wasn't feeling it. The best part about him showing up was people just making fun of his head, honestly. Like, that's all the tweets I fucking saw, and it had me in tears. Because he, he does kind of look like a Funko Pop. Let's be real. <laughs> that's all you'll be able to think about. You're welcome. It uh, really yeah, is it's now. just everything about that I wasn't feeling. So. JD McDonald's gets a spit. I'm actually swallowing that whole thing. Like I know Tim will talk about it because he mentioned he was not a fan of that promo, but I felt like we kind of got a little bit of the old Cameron Grimes back, which made me happy because this recent iteration, as I've talked about it, Cameron Grimes promo wise has not been doing it for me. So I felt like Cameron Grimes kind of went back to what he was doing. I like that. He called uh, JD an Irish asshole um, that popped me. So I'm actually, I'm swallowing it all. And I, again, both guys can go. So if you want a wrestling match, a really good wrestling match, I want to see wrestling. I don't like sports. This is going to be that Cameron Grimes can fucking go. Devlin can go. They're going to fucking tear it down when they get in the ring. I don't know how the build's going to be. We'll see. I personally enjoy the promo, but they're going to give you a good it's, wrestling match. It's next week. It'll be uh it'll be Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It's and just yeah. another way to it's just another way to build up uh JD McDonough. I still think they should have just kept it uh Jordan Devlin. I don't know why they didn't keep the name, but I've always been a fan of him because he has that that attitude and that he's better than uh, everybody on the on the roster. He comes in there, I've, he's always been one of the guys that I gravitate towards watching on NXT UK. I still don't know to this day why they didn't put the that uh, wore a title on him in the UK, but they did put the cruiserweight one on. I remember him coming over here, having that match with Santos Escobar. That was a great ladder match. And then he, he came in the next week, and then he just disappeared uh, for, a, for a year or two, and they made the pandemic as the excuse. And then they came back over to UK and started doing the Heritage Cup a little bit uh, over there. But he's always been a character I've been waiting for him to come over to NXT and started doing work because I'm like, he's wasting his time over there. He has, to me, he's been good on the mic. He's been great in the ring. I do think he can improve a little bit on the mic, but 
when you got that intensity that he has, hey, he can go a long way. And I like the fact that his first match is going to be with Cameron Grimes, a guy that just lost the title. His first look that you saw from J.D. McDonough on XT was him uh, coming at, of course, Braun Breaker and throwing him through the table. So, you know, that is the, the end result that, that what's going to happen at the end of this. He's going to get a title shot, but you want to build up to it. So the first guy that they want him to go after is the guy that lost the, that match, and he worked his way a little bit up. So they're going to put him over, and I like the fact that, just like he said, you're like, you thought he was going to appear this week, but he actually appeared last week. He gave everybody a swerve and made that 10-second uh, appearance after that match. You know, I'm yeah. with you 100%. Yeah, I, I, I like Jordan Devlin. I, I thought personally that – or J.D. McDonald's, is, as Katie's calling him. Um, I thought back in the day he should have been in a stable with Finn Balor. I thought Finn Balor should have made a little crew down in NXT, or a little club, I should say, down in NXT. And uh, and definitely Jordan Devlin should have been a part of that. But that's neither here nor there now. The, the camera Grimes promo was doing absolutely nothing for me. Again, I think it's because that shitty fucking crowd was just stale as it gets. And then, you know, J.D. McDonough coming out, I think I think I need a challenger for Braun's title, which is a problem for me. I don't want it to be JD McDonough. I have no believability that he's going to be Braun by any means. So I guess the whole I don't know. I didn't I didn't hate the McDonough part of it. I love the headbutt. Um, I love a good headbutt, so that was cool. But and he's you know, got a head on him. He does got a massive head. Either, but he's a Funko Pop. <laughs> but the whole thing didn't do much for me. Right? No. I don't think I don't think in anybody's mind anybody's gonna ever challenge Braun Breaker. I think people have him so far up on the the totem pole that it's gonna be hard for, to find somebody to beat him because you built Braun Breaker so much to this point where he's unbeatable. Uh, See, and- I I disagree. I think there are guys. There aren't a lot of guys, but I mean Carmelo Hayes and Solo Sokoa yeah, uh, and Apollo Cruz are all are three guys right there that I think you could easily slot into feuds with Braun Breaker and two of those guys, maybe all three of them, I could see beating Braun Breaker. Yeah. Yeah. Carmelo's Carmelo's definitely the dude. I thought Apollo could have been the dude until he took that fucking bullshit loss. We talked about earlier. It was uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, my next swallow. I'm gonna go back to rampage. Uh, I am actually spitting everything that happened around this. I'm only swallowing the fact that they said that Ember Moon's finisher is called the O-Face. <laughs> like the tag match was bullshit. They beat up the Renegade Twins. That was a spit. The interaction afterwards with Jade coming down, them taking out Layla Gray and Jaden Kira coming out. That was very short and kind of awkward. It was there to make Jade look strong, and it felt a little weird. But when Ember hit the Eclipse and they said she hit the O face, I popped. So Ember's finisher being called the O face. That's a swallow for me. That doesn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form. It shouldn't. It does not. Uh, quick question, Katie. Do you remember if did uh, Austin Theory get beat up by Brock along with Alpha Academy on Monday? No. Okay, so Vincent sent me a picture asking about the thumbnail, and it was Brock taking a selfie with Austin Theory, and he's like, "Was that from this week?" And I didn't think so, so I told him no. No, he stayed on the on the podium. Yeah, that happened. So. Um, Dan. Spit or swallow? I'm going to go with spit uh, on this one. And 
of course, is going to be from Raw. This segment made no sense to me at all because what was added to it, not necessarily the beginning part, but the end, the Usos and Amos versus Prophets and R-Truth. Mm-hmm. Of course, each week uh, with this uh, rivalry, they've been doing the one-on-ones, and they wind up just pushing a match to this Friday when they, uh, of course, had Dawkins against Jimmy Uso, but it was supposed to be on Monday Night Raw, and then they had R-Truth coming out with his comedic relief, which I thought was funny. That would have been good. I would have been okay with that. He did the the 10-man uh, count, one, two, and the Uso's are just like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But then Amos comes out. Like, what's the point of having Amos out there doing a thing with R-Truth? This guy was just in a three-month build with, uh, of course, the U.S. champion, and now he's into a th- random build with R-Truth. Why? Why are you doing this to this guy? I get it. He's green, but it's like you go from this to this, and is this the, the way of just adding a little bit of extra to this uh, Uso's uh, profits view because they've been already wrestling each other for three months, I feel like, in one-on-one matches before the match, and then you get the money in bank where he holds his shoulder up just to prolong it to uh, SummerSlam, where I think the street profits will wind up winning it there. I just have a good feeling about that. But it's like, I don't know, it didn't do anything for me. And like, you should have just had uh, R-Truth there and that's it. The almost thing just was out of left field for me. No, I'm with you on that. I, I'm spitting almost coming out. I'm spitting the six-man tag itself. I am swallowing R-Truth. Because our truth was fantastic. Our truth is always fantastic. Again, it is that that lighter comedy aspect that he always brings and he always does that kind of breaks up the seriousness and it's always fun. Um, I didn't care about almost being in the match. Thing with guys like almost is we're too exposed in wrestling nowadays for an attraction like almost. We saw it with Big Show, we saw it with the great Kali. That is not a guy that you can have out every week. It's somebody that you come in for a feud, for a build to beat up to a match, and then you don't see for six months. And then it's like, oh, shit. This, and you can't have him keep losing because you saw that with Big Show. He lost all of his credibility because he kept fucking losing to everyone. And how big and bad of a monster are you if every time you show up, you get this build, you're wrecking people, and then you lose a match and you go away. Like, he is an attraction. He is someone that should be on a part-time contract because he is an attraction. He's not someone that you can digest and use every week that can take loss after loss after loss and absorb it and not, you know, not be worried about it. There's no way to really do that. They need to treat these guys like they did Andre the giant. Sure. Andre went around and did things outside of WWE and kept wrestling, but on TV, he was there for an attraction. He wasn't there every week wrestling, you know, it, it is what it is. I'll agree. Um, R-Truth is a gem. He will always get a swallow. He was dressed like his idol and mine, John Cena with the jorts. Love to see it. Um, But with the Prophets Usos, um, something I'm spitting, it happened on SmackDown. Why the fuck is Jeff Jarrett the special guest referee for this match? It, Na- the perfect Nashville. opportunity was right there. Yeah, I was going to say it's fine because Nashville. 
I'm glad you said that because that is also on my list of spits is the fact that Jeff Jarrett is a special guest referee, because uh, if anyone listens to return to wrestling and has been following our journey through 1996 into 1997, WCW, uh, Jeff Jarrett has been trying to get into the four horsemen and has annoyed me to no fucking end with his existence in WCW in 1996. I realized that was a long time ago, but it has soured me on Jeff Jarrett. And all I've seen is really bad Jeff Jarrett for like months now. It doesn't doesn't ever fucking end in WCW. Jeff Jarrett sucked his first run. He sucked his fucking second run. He sucked me. He was the goddamn world champion. He should have never been world champion. He was only world champion because of Vince fucking Russo. I won't sit here and talk about it. Katie, I didn't hear who you said the perfect opportunity was for the ref. Who did you think it should have been? Oh, Sami Zayn. That's who I thought it was going to be, too. Yes. 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 Like, I get it. Nashville, country, yeehaw. Like, you don't need to fucking bring Jeff Jarrett in for that. It doesn't matter. Use someone who's a part of this storyline. But I do think that Sola Sokoa is going to interfere and help them keep the belts, and that's where he's going to make his debut. I don't want that. You don't want him in the bloodline? Stay in NXT. No, Solo needs to stay in NXT, do his own thing. His name is Solo for a reason. Let him be by himself for a while. And when, when he comes up, have him go against Roman. I don't want him to join the bloodline. I and here's Solo's brother, uh, but like, no. And here's why the whole hope with NXT 2.0 and Vince and Bruce being more involved was that. They were going to debut characters that we would finally get attached to that would transfer over to the main roster. So if you bring up Jimmy and Jay's brother and his name is Solo Sokoa, but they're the Usos and you acknowledge that he is their brother, but he doesn't have the last name. So then you have to change his name to something Uso, Jacob Uso or whatever the do fuck you, they call do him. Do you have to though? They would, is it though. not is it not gonna be stupid that he is their blood brother <laughs> but his last name is Sokoa and theirs is Uso? Also, the whole idea of him being what if he's just solo and he's the just street champ. Yeah, see again, you're or, still or changing it though. Si- or just or just call him Sokoa. Or he's just Sokoa, Sokoa. But then he'll be Sokoa, Sokoa Uso. Like they're gonna add the Uso last name on because he's part of the bloodline, they're gonna do it. I would I I love solo so much that I would much rather have him come in and feud with the bloodline because he is the outlier, because he is the last of the family to join WWE, because he does. That is a far more interesting story than him just joining them and becoming it. And it also, like, you had Naomi, you had Tamina, they didn't bring them in, so why are they going to bring in Solo? Like, if you're not bringing in all of your actual blood family members, why are you just randomly bringing in people and adding them? So I don't think that the Usos actually need them to beat or need him to beat the Street Profits. I think the Usos could just beat them clean. I think that that match should be elevated into a ladder match or a cage match or something that's not a regular match because they just put a five-star, yes, a five-star fucking match on at Money in the Bank. So how are they going to top what they did at Money in the Bank in a regular match at SummerSlam? So I, I Special don't... guest referee, bro. Woo! Jeff Jarrett. Hitting fucking people with guitars. Former uh, NWO member Jeff Jarrett, baby. He's the worst. Yo, my hatred for Matt Hardy <laughs> is way less than my hatred was for Jeff Jarrett. He was the worst world champion of all time. And he had that belt like 
seven times. Fuck, dude. And then he started a company and gave himself the belt like nine times. I hate that guy. I fucking hate him, dude. I'm all um, for shitting on Jeff Jarrett, so please continue. <laughs> I respect what he I respect his wrestling mind, but I he's not a he's a mid-carter for life. And this dude had yeah. like 16 world championships. Give he's the reason the Miz break. got to where the Miz was. The Miz is like, if Jeff Jarrett can do it, I can do it too. And he did. Fuck. Could you do a scenario where you have Solis Kogo get called up but put him on the other brand? I know they've been mixing anyway, but to start out to kind of keep them far away from each other as you can and then work your way towards you, like you said, where he goes against them. Do you There's think only one brand. Work? It's WWE. I thought I thought before Gunther took the belt from Ricochet, I thought it would have been perfect if they brought Solo up, had him take the belt from Ricochet, and then the Bloodline owned all the belts. But... But no, 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 no. A, I just the brand split isn't real. It hasn't been for months. That's why I was trying to do this for Matt. So Matt doesn't have to go through this pain again. There is no brand split. There's just two shows. Everyone goes wherever the fuck they want. There's no rhyme or reason. There's double champions everywhere. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, and Solo should again stay in NXT. Solo. He, solo. <laughs> He's riding solo, Jason Derulo. Like, keep him down there. Keep him away. Keep him solo, yeah. I feel it. I feel it. I understand your guys' point. I'm not sitting here saying he's got to be with them by any means. The Usos are good enough where they don't need Roman. I mean, they're the best goddamn tag team in the world. They're the best goddamn tag team of the decade, and you can't fucking argue with me and change my mind. Really quick, though, I do want to swallow R-Truth hardcore. He's a national goddamn treasure. I'll take two hands out. Gurgle that big old fucking cock, dude. I fucking love our truth. That's that dude. I watched that shit. I rewound it and watched it again. He is so fucking funny. Everything that he does is fucking hilarious. I didn't need the match. Bakley, I'm with you on the spit. Sure. I didn't need that match. Almost was definitely unnecessary to be out there. But I'll take that six-man match, and I'll take another 10 minutes of it if it means I got our truth Because that shit... And he is a guy who you only need out there. Like if he did that shtick every week, it would get stale. But once every three months, once every six months of that, oh my God, dude. I was, that was perfect. Now, when you rewatched it, did you rewatch it with little, little Jimmy? <laughs> no, I rewatched it by myself like the loser I am. And I sat there and laughed like a fucking idiot. Well, especially when he did the fucking 10 counts of the outside, dude. That was so funny. He rewatched it with little Timmy, but little Timmy was in his hand. Oh, yeah. Well, double like I said, I fucking double fucking fist our truth, man. 50 years old, he's still got it going on. Well, while you're double fisting, uh, what do you got for spit or swallow? All right. So I've been I I, I have a, like this week was like 95% um swallows, but I will do a spit just because uh why stay positive the whole time. It's something that I'm still sour about from weeks ago when they did the whole, and I'm going to do like a, like a, I'm going to lump a couple segments here together. And when they did the whole judgment day flip, like four or five weeks ago, I was very excited about it because that actually was organic television. Again, that was for the first time in years, WWE actually like soap opera me. And I was like, Oh shit. I didn't see that coming. I felt Baylor joining, but I didn't, or I never felt Baylor joining but I didn't, I felt, I didn't feel Baylor joining with Edge, 
but once he started talking, I felt what was going to happen to Edge, and that was so fucking cool. But since what has happened with that group is horrible. First of all, again, since we're on Pornhub, let's talk about Finn Balor's junk, all right? Finn Balor in tights is fucking where it needs to be, all right? There is no reason to take that man's big fucking balls and his big veiny legs out of trunks and put him in pants, okay? Second of all, what the fuck is hanging out of his pants, all right? Like, what is hanging out of his goddamn pants? Third of all, this was all built around Edge and AJ, Edge is coming back. Edge's vignettes are hot as fuck. That's a swallow, swallow, swallow. But AJ is now engulfed in this bullshit feud with Miz, Ciampa, and Logan Paul that does nothing for fucking anybody. And you're worried about the big Judgment Day thing is Dominic Mysterio? Are you fucking kidding me? Judgment Day is based around Dominic fucking Mysterio. Fuck off. The whole Judgment Day can now fuck off. You have the potential with Finn Balor and Damian Priest where you could have went Balor versus Edge and Priest versus, or um, you could have went Balor versus AJ and you could have went Priest versus Edge and you could have told two separate stories at SummerSlam. AJ could have been like, why the fuck are you joining the Judgment Day? And he's like, I ain't trying to be fucking behind you, AJ. And bang, you got AJ and Balor. And then you got Edge like, really, bro? This was my stable. Fuck off. And Priest was at that point point when he was the u.s champion i feel like since this judgment day happened priest is like nothing now and that's sad and the judgment day fucking sucks and the fact that they're worried about 20 years of ray fucking shitty mysterio and stupid fuck dominic pisses me off and the fact that aj is wasting his time with the miz logan paul and Ciampa pisses me off so that's what i'm spitting to be fair um if this leads to Dominic turning on Ray, I will be okay with it because I have wanted that for a very long time. I agree with everything you said. And mind you, I am of the belief that for whatever reason, uh, Mysterio is the death of cool, spooky shit because we saw Alistair Black get involved with the Mysterios and completely just kill everything cool about him. And then he got released and lost an eye. Now we add the Mysterios into Judgment Day. And mind you, they lost Rhea, which hurt them due to injury because she was a big part of that faction. I think that I I, I personally thought that maybe we were going to go Edge versus Balor since he kind of joined the group. The idea that there are no leaders, they're all equals was very interesting to me. But again, one of them is going to have to feud with the returning Edge, which, by the way, those returning Edge vignettes, which I am 100% sure is Edge, have been dope as shit. So that is a huge swallow for me as well. But, uh, yeah, no, as long as this leads to, and I really wish we would have gotten there before SummerSlam, so the match at SummerSlam would be Ray versus Dominic because that's what the fuck we need is Ray versus Dominic at SummerSlam. Um, as long as we get there, it will kind of all be worth it for me, though I hate to see that Judgment Day, or as I like to call them, the Sexecutioners, is being sacrificed to get us there. But if you get us there, great. If you're sacrificing the executioners and we're still just going to let Ray be Dom's backpack for the foreseeable future, then fuck this. Fuck this all to hell. So before anyone else goes, I will just retort. Yes, I'm all in on Dominic being a part of the Judgment Day. That will make it more interesting. That is where it is going. 
hopefully. But Dominic has been interesting to me since he wrestled Seth Rollins fucking two years ago at SummerSlam, and Rollins made Dominic. I Rollins made me actually feel like Dominic could be a future star, and I ain't felt shit from Dominic since he's boring as fuck, bland as shit. Needs to go back to the performance center, and even if he joins the Judgment Day, I feel like all he's gonna do is put on a dark suit, and they're gonna be some gothic version of Right to Censor, and they are gonna suck still. There's so much to unpack. <laughs> In everything that just happened here. I tried to say positive. I'm sorry. Um, does anyone else want to go on this or are we good? And... I'll just give the little bit of point. I think they were going to have AJ do something, but then when they sign, of course, Logan Parr, you know they're going to need that two-on-two to kind of hide a little bit of his uh, abilities. I do think he's really good. And it's kind of funny that he gets trained by ex-WWE guys now because when he did the thing at WrestleMania, the guys trained him were with WWE. Now they're not. So he's still kind of getting trained by them. And he does have skills, but it's it's just like the same thing. He's going to be a, a, a attraction. He's not going to be there every week. He's going to be there maybe the big four pay-per-views for like the year or two that he's there. And I think they needed a guy like AJ that could go in the ring. Who was going to cheer for Logan Paul? Who wants? Who won? Even I get that's why they're putting AJ with him because he gives. He's one of the only guys who's a true. Well, you can make him a true face as he is right now, but he's that guy who can give you a baby face pop in the crowd. But who the fuck? Even when he tried to be a face when he came originally against KO when he was a heel, everyone was popping for KO. No one gave a fuck about Logan Paul, dude. And it, it's not that they don't give a fuck. They'll boo the shit out of him. It's go away heat. But just like make keep him a heel. No one gives mm-hmm. a shit about him as a face. It's the same deal that when they realized Ronda Rousey was going to be better off as a heel, but they decided because she's Ronda Rousey, they wanted to keep her as a face, and it didn't fucking work, and it's not fucking working. I am uh, That is on my list of spits. I am spitting, A, the fact that you're going to try and use the Miz and Ciampa to get, because this is not the, like, there was a Champa. There is a Champa that you can use to possibly get a pop for Logan Paul or at least some sympathy, but this is not it. Him being the Miz's bitch buddy is not it. And again, strapping AJ Styles to this feud. Yeah, I would like to see AJ and Champa mix it up, but I don't care about seeing AJ versus the Miz. I don't care about seeing Logan Paul versus the Miz or Champa or really anyone in the WWE. He brings no value to me, so. Katie, spits or swallow? Um, you know, there was a lot of negativity, so I'll bring it back up. Uh, I'll do a swallow uh, from Dynamite. Uh, Mox versus Takeshita. That match was incredible. Uh, like, that kid can go. He has proved himself the past, what, month he's been on, like, American TV, and people are finally seeing him. That, that match was so good. He bled with Mox, so does that mean he's a part of the BCC? I don't know if that's if that's the case, because that was like the whole moniker that you have to bleed with Moxley in order to be a part of the Blackpool Combat Club. It'd be a great addition if that was the case. Keep him in the States a little longer. We get banger matches. Like, he has a good match. Takeshi has a good match with, like, anybody. Kingston and him, fantastic. Mox and Takeshita, even better. It, it was good. It was a good showing, and 
I like that Mox is not just like sitting on his ass because he never did, even when he was like real champion. This whole interim thing's pissing me off still, but um, just having Mox have banger match after banger match, I'm okay with. So I know Tim has a huge heart on for Mox. I, however, do not. Mox doesn't do it for me. Um, I don't. I mean, it was a good match. I'm not gonna say it was a good match. Mm-hmm. I just don't give a shit about Take a Shit Up or Moxley uh, in that way. So, like, yeah, okay, it was a good match. It was fun, but Moxley is not the guy I want to see as interim champ. He's not someone I want to see against CM Punk. Like, the whole thing just doesn't do it for me. You kind of look like Moxley, by the way, Tim. I feel like you've kind of mirrored that whole look. Well, first of all, I'll take that as a compliment. I think John Moxley is a fine, strapping-looking man uh second of all john moxley is my favorite wrestler in the world there's no doubt when i am when i have to hardcore think about in chicago not rooting for cm punk because he's wrestling john moxley for the title it is fucked in my head will i root for cm punk yes because when you come to a chicago chicago sports suck that's what i always say so when you go to a chicago sports game they are they often lose a CM Punk wrestling match in Chicago is like a sporting event. Getting to just go there and scream CM Punk, CM Punk, CM, like it's fucking exhilarating stuff. Moxley's my favorite wrestler. My only, this match, Katie, fuck yes. I I popped hard for this match. I, I watched it twice. I hate the apron stuff. It it makes, it concerns me. Takeshka does it every match where he does a suplex of someone on the apron. I like the spot. It's hardcore, but you don't need it every match. You know what else you don't need every match? Blood yep. in a John Moxley match. All right. Again, I I don't like to criticize Mox because I love Mox so much, but every John Moxley match does not need blood. Okay. Takeshka didn't need to bleed. If he's going to join the BCC or if they were teasing that, sure. I'm, I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, this was just a one-on-one one-off match on dynamite why the fuck did he need to bleed and moxley didn't need to bleed at forbidden door but we're only talking about this match so i'm going to keep it here Takeshka didn't need to bleed the match itself banged hardcore it should have probably ended about three minutes earlier when mox hit the first uh um death rider but you know i digress i also don't think that this is going to lead him to joining the b uh the bcc uh only because the whole bleed with Mox thing is just like if Mox is going to fuck with you, you got to bleed with Mox, not necessarily joining the BCC because we we've seen him. He still hangs out with Eddie Kingston, who's not part of the BCC. Like he, for whatever reason, has decided that he is kind of part of the BBC or the BCC, but uh, he loves the BBC. He's part of the BCC, but also like he has other relationships and things going on that he just kind of forces upon his co-faction members, whether they like it or not. Well, but because I, that that's because I think Eddie is not a part of the group. Cause I think we're going to get, if healthy Eddie and Brian at all out, but you know, again, that's a topic for another day. Again, I wasn't saying that Takesha was going to join. I'm just saying if they played into that, that is a key factor. Fair I don't know. And don't, you could, I'm, and I'm you could use it down the road I'm for sure. Year, so. You could be, you could be. Thank you. I'm going to go back yeah, to I, Rampage. Oh, sorry, Dan. Go ahead. No, I was just going to make a quick point. I think you're seeing a lot of uh, Kineska just because of the fact that he's over here in the States. He's 
a wrestler in DDT. They want to get a lot of his exposure. He's doing a lot of seminars. I'm actually going to an indie show next Saturday where he's going to be wrestling Josh Alexander in the main event. So he's trying. they're trying to get a lot of exposure for him. So he's doing a lot of these matches. Maybe I would have liked it better if he would have won the match like they did on Dark with that uh, Thunder Rusa uh, Miyu Yamasita match where she had to roll her up and get the win. And then you have them, her come over to uh, Dynamite and then lose. Maybe have that uncertainty there, but I know they want to have Moxley keep winning until uh, CM Punk comes back. So, all right. Um, I am going to take my swallows back to Rampage. Uh, and this is where I get into that part to where I say there was acts that I didn't like that have now grown on me. I am swallowing the acclaimed. I am specifically swallowing Caster and Bowen's coming in and taking out the ass family. Billy had turned on them. They came down. They didn't cut their rap at the beginning. They were all about business. Billy's like, hey, we can go our separate ways. Give me one more scissor me daddy ass. And they just started beating the shit out of them, got rid of them. Then Caster cut his very John Cena-esque uh, rap where he even finished it with motherfucker and Bowens pulled the mic away before he said fucker. Uh, as the ass boys gave him the suck it DX chop going up the ramp. Uh, the acclaimed have grown on me. They have. So wow. what I know. Uh, go ahead, Katie. Go ahead. No, so I, I was going to say, and of course, uh, Billy Gunn was like, you can't say that. You can't say that. Mm -hmm. But it surprised me with Bones with that kick out of nowhere. I, I would have expected it from Max, but Bones just came out of nowhere with that backwards kick. And I'm like, holy shit. I was like, there you go. I'm like, that was actually one of my swallows was that segment because you get the, I titled it the claim face turn because that now they're going to be good guys where I think they, they could thrive here because the crowd loves them because of the, the promos in the beginning. But now you're going to see a little bit of more interaction with them in the crowd. You got it before, but now you're going to see a little bit more and they're going to build this up uh, a little bit. And I like the fact that they're doing this and I, I enjoyed the whole segment. I'm with you on that. Um, so I'm, I'm surprised you said you like the acclaimed now I haven't said it on the show. I have slowly started liking the acclaimed each week. It was very entertaining. <laughs> the whole fucking scissor me daddy ass was great. The acclaimed are good. It's they're small fish in a big pond because AW is all tag teams basically you can only do so much they stand out and if they continue with what they're doing they can definitely rise up the ranks a little more but i like i mean anything with john cena i'm down that's my guy so mm. and that he's caster's been compared to cena since he started this stuff so i'm about it you know what fuck it we'll swallow the acclaimed fuck it yeah, I, I personally, I oh, no, no, go ahead. What were you going to say, brother? All I was going to say was I don't want to make this a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen six-hour stream, so I'm going to start kind of breaking things up because I feel like we still have a lot more to go through. Make it a little quicker because we're we're pushing on about an hour, just over an hour and a half, and I feel like we got a lot more to go, so. 
all I was going to say is quickly, if you notice the acclaimed, they came out of the face locker room, which I thought was different. They sprinted out. Mm -hmm. Bowens looked like a fucking super Jack face in that segment. Personally, I wish that that these five guys would have continued on for a couple more months as I found them to be very entertaining together. And even though they're supposed to be heels, they definitely portrayed themselves more faces on television. This feud will be fine. It'll elevate the acclaimed, but it won't, what will elevate them to mid card faces instead of mid card heels. They ain't getting no titles, but I don't know if they get over. They might maybe. Yeah. Like a year and a half from now, but I don't Which think it's fine. Over. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I could but. see six. I, I could see six months from now. I could see with how the crowds on their back and I think they will see it and be like, okay, maybe we need to push them to the top because they have had two uh, title matches as heels, but they, they never had a title match as a face group tag team. So, mm-hmm. uh, Dan, spit or swallow? I am going to spit uh, Sangha versus Duke Hudson on NXT. <laughs> this didn't do anything for me. And on top of that, the fact that you give Duke Hudson the entrance walkout, but then Sangha is already in the ring. And then you have Sangha win the match on top of it. I just don't get it. It was just a bleeping pop of shit for me. Uh, I know they played it off of the the whole thing, the bash where he did the cannonball, but it's like, what are you going to do with this? Like, like you just keep making Duke Hudson look bad. He's this tall, big specimen, and you make him look like shit each week, and then you have him lose to a guy that doesn't even get an entrance on top of that. I don't know. I just... I was turned a guy off in Goldberg cosplay who didn't get an entrance. Mind you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I agree with that. Uh, Tim, spit or swallow. I will, I will spit. It'll be just a quick spit. You mentioned it very briefly earlier. That whole Chris, Stan, Chris Statlander, Athena, Jade Cargill segment on Rampage was very weak. Kira, Kira Hogan just coming in and doing a simple drop kick to Stats' knee, taking her out, taking her out was very weak. And then Jade, like Athena, didn't even go for any offense. She just goes for this like arm underhook into the slam. It was it was bad, bad. And I'll partner that in because I know we want to get get quicker with it. I'm also going to say no FTR this week on Dynamite or Rampage Television. It's fucked up. I get they're the number one ranked tag team in AEW. They're the ROH tag team champions. We are getting a two out of three falls match with the Briscoes. Maybe they don't want FTR involved in AEW. I don't fucking know. But them not being on television at all blows my fucking mind. They did have that six-minute video that they put out with the two tag teams where they announced it, and they did like a little bit of build-up with that, but I do agree with you. They, they probably could have showed it on TV and that would have been better. Fuck, 30 seconds of it would have been fine. Just fucking put them on TV for fuck's sake. They own three goddamn tag team championships. Put them on fucking TV. I agree. Katie, spit or swallow? Um, it's, it's, it's both. It involves one person and he gets a spit and a swallow. Uh, I'm swallowing the brawl that ensued uh, continuously throughout NXT with uh, Solo and uh, Dino Dan. Just because it's giving Solo something to do, 
I don't care, whatever. Heathen Henry's existence, spit. Anything he's doing, I don't like him. I don't like his character. I don't like him. What name what? did you just give him? Heathen Henry. I'm trying to think of new ones every week. Uh, yeah, I don't think that one works. You know what? Whatever. Well, because we, we stick to the Stone Age thing, like the, the prehistoric and heathen. Uh, you know what? Workshop that. You're going to have to workshop that for me. I also thought of Ancient Andy, and that's one of the best ones. You so... did, and it is. I agree. So we'll take that. Uh, that whole thing is a spit for me. Uh, the, the, the whole feud, the fact that it's a continued feud, that whole thing is a spit for me. I, I can't do it. I can't do it with him. I got no love for Von Wagner. The solo should be doing more, but he's on TV and he's fighting. So I'll take that as a swallow. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to finish off my rampage since I've just been doing that. And I'm spitting Andrade because he's in this manager role. I don't get uh, Los and Gobble My Nuts faction day gobble my balls or whatever the fuck they are i don't know who moulin rouge is i don't understand what the fuck is going on i really fucking don't i don't get it like i don't know why andrade is not wrestling singles matches why rouge is not wrestling singles matches why uh private party is a part of this like why andrade is just a manager for private party like why he just became the new matt hardy and just stuck with that gimmick when he rebranded the whole thing like I don't get it. I'm not happy. I want to see Andrade wrestle. I I am not someone who watched Ring of Honor and understands the whole gobbling Japan and all the shit. Like none of that makes sense to me. I don't get it. So if you're not gonna rebrand it for your company and give it to me, like make me care. And him being a manager for a tag team that's losing does not make me care. Oh, you didn't see the tweet that Tony Khan responded to a fucking. AEW needs a better PR team. But a fan tweeted to Tony Khan and said, why is Andrade just managing in this match? And he retweeted him and said, Andrade put on a five-star or something along these lines, don't quote me. Andrade put on a hell of a match with Phoenix three weeks ago and injured himself. So he took out a bounty for a private party to handle his business against fucking the Lucha Brothers. And that's what Tony Khan tweeted at a fan who asked him why Andrade was just managing for that match. Thank you, Tony Khan, for giving us the exposition that is created in your coke-fueled head that you somehow <laughs> could not explain on your fucking TV show. Early. Even like if, if you did it on, uh, on Dark, you could have done it there. At least you would have explained it because they've done that in the past, but they didn't explain it at all. And then on top of that, that finish was just, I don't, I don't even know. You have Roosh come in, attack somebody, but then that attack turns into his own part, uh, stable member getting pinned by, yeah. by a finisher. It made no sense. It was just, they must have messed up the, the move at the end because I just didn't get it. And then they're just standing like, what yeah, was so that? Rouge fucked Horrible. Thing up. Horrible. That was so ugly. I was screaming. What the fuck was that? And I hate, all right, I hate that they call him Roosh. I know it's his name. It's R-U-S-H, all right? I will always see it as Rush. I don't fucking care. Roosh drives me crazy. And Andrade's booking over the last year is my biggest spit maybe in fucking wrestling, all right? Piss fucking poor. Wow, I got way more out of that than I really thought I did. I'm happy about that. Uh, Dan. Spit or swallow? 
I'm going to spit the end of Mandy Rose and Roxy just for the fact that, like, I saw the Cora Jade turn coming. How are you going to make it even more noticeable when she's going to hit her with the skateboard and the skateboard broke before she even hit her with it? It was, like, in midair, and it breaks into three pieces, and she only hits her with, like, a small piece, and she's barely hitting her with it. I'm just like, how bad of a prop did you give her that it breaks before she even hits her on it but like I saw the whole thing coming how she's the one you know in the back when she is laying down in the parking lot and I'm like oh Cora Jade's there and then you don't see any of the toxic attraction there then you see her come to the ring and it was like I'll fight you and it's just like I just I didn't like any of it it's like I think they did it too soon and on top of it you had them win the tag titles the week before and I'm like, why are you doing that so soon? And what are you going to do with the tag titles now? Are, you, are they going to just split it up? Are you going to force them to wrestle, even though they're probably going to be put into a program now? It's like, I just don't get the book in there. I agree 100% with that. And actually, I had a little bit of swallow in there, but you've kind of convinced me now that I think about it, that it's all a spit. Because if you think about it, yes, NXT parking lot is the most dangerous place in existence. We come from Chicago, Chirac, and I am more scared of going into the NXT parking lot than I am downtown Chicago. Neither here nor there. But literally, Roxanne was not knocked unconscious. So if you came to a parking lot with one person and got your ass kicked and you're laying there, you know who beat you up. She was laying there hurt, holding like she should know it was only her and Cora. She should have been able to tell that Cora beat her up and then not come out and been okay and let Cora stay ringside. Yes. I I could be wrong. I thought in the one interview Cora had before the main event that she, she kept saying, like, we should have came together. So I think they were insinuating that they didn't show up together, that Cora just happened to, like, pull up whenever okay. after Roxy happened. I, I didn't. I hear you. But let me ask you this question, Katie. If you're walking by yourself in a parking lot, and I come up and I forearm you in the back of the head into a car and you're going to see me like if I'm the only one around and you just got your ass beat, you're going to know it was me. It doesn't matter if we showed up together or not. If it's just you and me in a parking lot and you just got taken out, you're going to know it was me. And also prop department from WWE for that bullshit prop because you are better than that. You are a billion dollar company. My whole my, my whole thing with that is Katie, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, 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 go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, my, my whole thing is, is in X, NXT 2.0 casual, I watched one promo after they won the tag titles, and then Roxy said, or Roxanne Perez said, she was going to cash in and go after Mandy. Cora's facial expressions and her response said she was going to cost her the title. So for them to do that literally one week later makes no sense to me. Like, Terrible. slow build it, do something with it. Now they're tag team champions. So we've seen it before. We've seen Sting and the Giant as tag team champions where they had to go their separate ways. Winner gets the belt. I mean, Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels were feuding with each other as tag team champions, Stone Cold and Mick Foley. So, like, we've seen it before. Let's be honest. NXT doesn't have many tag teams anymore. They should have put the belts on Caden and Casey and called it a day. I don't understand why they didn't do that. Um but again, is a NXT, oh, it sucks saying it, but like a casual, as a novice, 
I don't understand why they fucking pulled the trigger right away. More importantly, okay, as a novice, I knew that Cora was going to cost her. So why did they not tell the story and let it be a surprise? Why did they tell us that they, she was going to do it? Because I'm sure you guys all felt it coming too. It couldn't have just been me. I don't even watch it. Cora telegraphed the shit out of it. Just by going up to Roxanne and like touching her when they're wrestling on the outside, and just like being so close to her when they're trying to have a fucking match as a baby face. Like, why are you there? Why are you involved? Why are you not six feet back cheering your friend on? Why do you keep getting so close and touching her? Like they telegraphed the shit out of it. Katie, what were you going to say? The whole thing fucking pisses me off. And here's why I am so goddamn sick of this. Kaden and Katana, Casey, whatever you want to call her, should have won the belt. Yes. We all love Toxic Attraction specifically, JJ Dolan. We all love them. They didn't need to have the belt anymore. They should have lost Caden and Katana the first time. Whatever. Then you put them on your flavors of the month, as Casey and Caden called them, which is kind of fucking true. You put them, you put the tag belts on them. Cool. Fine. Whatever. And immediately you have Roxanne do her fucking contract. You it's telegraphed. This was not a soap opera. This shit you could smell from eight miles away. And it the thing that pisses me off the most about it is the fact that the tag titles are involved. There was no reason to have them win the belts for this. It's nope. it in fucking infuriates me. Because there's so much you could be doing with the women's tag belts in WWE in general. That's a whole nother fucking topic. But specifically in NXT, where you have been building women's tag teams, how you how how do you fuck this up so much? When Kaden and Casey came out to that crazy club music like two two and a half months ago, and then I you know I don't again I don't know the pay per view name it was I think it was like two two and a half months ago when they wrestled them the first time like you said they won hundred and some percent should have won the tag titles there the crowd was popping hot hot for them. Like, they should have, like, in-ring audible that shit. Like, the crowd wanted it bad, and, like, that sucks. Like, I feel for them. They should have definitely, that should have been, they're, li- they're lifers. They've been there for fucking years. That was, that should have been their moment. Yeah, but fuck me, I guess. Yeah, and the last point I want to get is, like, I noticed that, like, at, towards the end, right before she hit her in the back as she's going up, usually that's a spot that you see where, Roxy is hot at the time where she's about to finish off Mandy Rose, and then you do it. She was already on the ground, barely pulling herself up to the to the ring, and then she hits her and does it very slow. It's just like it just very much a Hogan, a Hulk Hogan title shot because everything Hulk Hogan does is weak as fuck, and that was weak as fuck. Yeah. Uh, Tim, spit or swallow. Well, I'm going to give a big time swallow to somebody who I've spit for like the last five years. He is one of the most talented in-ring performer of all time. One of the best sellers of all time. But Dolph Ziggler is showing up at the end of Raw, super kicking the fuck out of Austin Theory. It's very random. I don't get why. I don't know what the angle is. But is again, someone I've hated on Dolph Ziggler for the past five years. I've always said mid-card for life. He never was able to pull himself up out of it. I hated his Kofi feud. I hate how he got thrown into all these random... I hated the fucking Ambrose feud in 2016. I hate how he always got thrown into these random title matches. But one... Oh. Uh, while Tim is unfreezing... Oh, you're back. Okay. 
Oh, shoot. All I was, my bad. All I was going to say is one more chance with Dolph. All right. He has one more opportunity to go out there and maybe take, he'll never be world champion. Let's be honest. But if he can go and be an upper mid card face, put some talent over, I'm, I'm all for it. And that random super kick out of nowhere. Let's see where that leads. No, uh, spit because that, (laughs) that led to Matt Riddle getting a win. So as I've always said, by association, Dolph gets spit. Everyone that associates with Riddle gets spit. The only thing that gets swallowed in this was the fact that motherfucking Seth Rollins cut a fire promo on Riddle talking about how he was a coattail riding little bitch. That was a swallow. Dolph super kicking, getting Riddle the win, all a spit for me because I spit Riddle and I spit anything that has to do with Riddle. That's just me. That's fair. I like the fact about all the people that he had the chance to super kick and he did to theory. I like that aspect of it because you got theory who's already working a program with Bobby Lashley, but then you got him also intertwined with the war total picture with Brock and Roman. Now you got Dolph Ziggler coming out and of all people, he hits Austin theory. So it makes me think, what is he going to do? Like, now you've gotten theory in so many different directions. What direction is this going to go into? And is this towards theory or is this him just coming out and be like, Hey, I'm back and I'm a face. And it just so happens he does it to theory. I'm waiting to see what happens with that and to see if anything comes of it or they're just going to have like this two week thing with the Dolph and then he's going to be back to being a mid Carter again. Oh no. Dolph will be tag team partners with Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle will steal his entire move set and do all of his shit and become the new Dolph Ziggler. And yeah, no, that's what they're going to do. Uh, because yeah, that's, that's his gimmick. He just steals everyone's shit. Cause he's a little bitch. Uh, Katie spit or swallow. Um, because the show is going on, I'll make this my last one. I only have like two more anyways, but they're not big. So it doesn't really matter. I've got a bunch more. So whatever you got, go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, big swallow. Pat McAfee, he's back. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. Pittsburgh Zone, big shout out. Uh, he is one of those people where he's one of my favorite commentators right now in the game, hands down. He is so good with talking. That's the biggest part about this is his promo skills are fantastic for just like, because, you know, he has his show He's commentating. He's very good at talking, and it's very well seen, and he's so fucking over. He's the best thing about this fucking feud with Corbin. Like, he, Pat McAfee is the sole reason I'm excited for this match, because we have seen in the past, McAfee can go in the ring. So, anything Pat McAfee, uh, we're swallowing. So. I agree, and real quick point. One thing I will give bum-ass Baron Corbin is, in this case, he's made me want to see him get his ass kicked. The only reason I didn't against Moss is because I didn't give a fuck about Moss. I still don't give a fuck about Moss. But he is very good at wanting you to, making you want to see someone beat the shit out of him, especially if he has someone good like Pat McAfee on the other side. So, yep. Yeah, it's because he's uh, one, of, one of very few true heels in the industry. My last swallow for Raw is going to be Carmella versus Bianca. Even though I didn't count out, I have constantly said that when Carmella needs to turn it on and go out there and do her thing, she does, and Carmella gets a lot of shit. So if I can take a chance 
to give Carmella some of her praise, despite, you know, the count out finish, I'm going to both her and Bianca were fantastic. Uh, so that is a swallow off my list. Yep. Yeah. I had it as a swallow as well. And then I liked all the counters in the match specifically from Carmella because she, she avoided, of course, the finisher like three times by holding the rope, holding the legs, just doing whatever she could to stay in. And then, of course, at the end, it was a, a, a DQ there. So I guess mm-hmm. they're going towards a triple threat at SummerSlam unless they try and have this go back to back to back now and with Carmella and uh, Bianca. But I thought that was a fire match. I liked it. I thought it went longer than I expected it to. Then, of course, you got her husband on commentary that just talks up Carmella. Uh, Sometimes it's a little too much, but I thought he picked his uh, spots in that match uh, perfectly when he was talking about her. So I I swallowed that one as well. Uh, Dan, spit or swallow? I am going to go with, of course, spit. And then it's the whole Drew McIntyre uh, and then uh, Rich Holland match. Why Why are they just telling you each week it's going to be him versus Sheamus when you know it's going to be down the line? Uh, uh, Drew McIntyre facing each fighter and then until he gets to Sheamus and you know they're going to hold this off to SummerSlam. So why don't you just tell us to find each other at SummerSlam the winner gets a shot at Clash at the Castle, and then you just have him go through each member of the Braun Brutes, uh, which would be the two, and then you have like a week where they do like a promo thing with, with each other in between the gap you to SummerSlam. I just don't get the way they're doing it now. Like Everybody knows it's not going to happen until SummerSlam, but they do it anyway. And I mm-hmm. think it's just a waste of time because the, the two matches total was a combined maybe 10 minutes mm-hmm. at most. I agree though. That whole, the whole thing is stupid and it's just drawing it out to get the clash at the castle. So there's a better way to do it. Uh, Tim spit or swallow. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to do a swallow and a spit all in one segment. Okay. okay. I'm going to swallow the match between Gresham and Lee Mori- Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty. I'm going to spit the TBE, the Tully Blanchard Enterprises, coming down to the to the ring. Sure, if it would have just been Khan and Toa Leonga, I would have been fine with it. But why the fuck did Brian Cage walk down to the ring for 30 seconds and walk back? Like, first and foremost, if you're going to do, I thought, like, do the Brian, Brian Cage versus Jonathan Gresham thing. Why is Brian Cage such an insignificant part of what they're doing in TBE? Why even show him? Like, he should have never even been in that group in the first place. But what I wanted to swallow was the match and then Claudio coming out afterwards. I'm all in on this Claudio versus Jonathan Gresham thing. I don't see a way that Gresham beats Claudio clean. Maybe there's some interference from TBE. AEW rarely does interference DQ endings. Maybe you get one there to continue the feud because I, I can't see Gresham losing clean so quick. But sign me the fuck up on July 23rd for Claudio and Gresham in that main event. Let's go, baby. Taylor Leone and another con are perfect people to have in your corner going up against the Claudio. Yep. I don't even think they had it as the main event. I think they're going to do that TV title as the main event with how much time they've given to or, promoting 
Or you could do the tag titles two out of three falls. That's mm-hmm. that's a good thing about that's a good thing about this pay-per-view. If you have three potential matches that could main event, or it's like an old school, you'll find out a WCW pay-per-view, a triple main eventer. Oh dude, I I mean I'm into 97. I started in 95, oh, so, you, so I'm well aware. I'm well you know, aware. you know yeah. the triple main eventers yeah. with, with the big boss man, baby. Yeah, uh-huh. All about it. Katie, spit or swallow. Uh, I'm going to spit Roddy being a little bitch. He's, uh, you are, I ta- I feel like I literally have to do this every week. This man acts like he is the leader of Diamond Mind. We know damn well at this point. He is not the leader. He doesn't want to be in the group. He, clearly, because he's isolated himself, he's now getting mad at Damon Kemp because Damon Kemp is been like oh yeah creates the run it back sure it was a good match and Roddy gets all pissed because he wants to run it back blames <laughs> him for the loss i don't know Roddy's a little bitch i'm over it not never excusing anything he's done in the ring because he is fantastic like Roddy doesn't get enough credit in ring wise but this has got to go yep that was on my list as well uh Roddy being mad that his faction is doing a tape review of their match and the fact that Damon just got him a tag team title shot possibly by running it back against the tag team champions and you're pissed about that doesn't make any fucking sense I think it's just a slow build until he winds up leaving the company I think he's just buying out the time until his contract runs out because we we all know that he asked to be released and that they're just holding him until the contract runs out. So it's, this is their way of slowly moving him out of the, the diamond mine. And then, of course, getting replaced by Stevenson's brother, which they renamed Damon Kemp. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to swallow and spit something as well. I'm swallowing the fact that next week we're going to find out who the Red Velvet Cakes are, finally, even though we know they're GYB. Uh, but I'm spitting the fact that they called this group schism because who the fuck do you think you are tool? Like what, why, why did this need to be? Why did you name them the dyad and it's a three man group and the group is the schism and the tag team is the dyad and it's getting overly convoluted. And I just need my boy, Joe Wayne Gacy to go back to being a creepy uh, molester slash serial killer who hides in the dark and, makes you feel super uncomfortable because that's the way I enjoy him. So please go back to that. <laughs> like we like, like, again, like we know it's UIV, but like, cool. We get to see their new names next week. The name change for to fucking schism is terrible. I said, interesting. And in, like the worst way possible. Like, this is fucking stupid. Join the schism. Stop it. More like jism. Uh, Dan, spit or swallow? Well, we're talking I about am, I am spitting Luchasaurus versus Griff Garrison. I, I am tired of the whole squash thing now uh, with uh, Christian taking over majority of the match, just talking on the mic. Uh, you have Luchasaurus. I like the Luchasaurus character. I like it. I like how they turn him heel. But I hate the fact that he's looking over every time and he's being told what to do. And it's like, at some point, I want to know what is going on. And they're just having to squash these random yeah, people. When are they going to bring back Jungle Boy? 
When are they going to bring him back? Is it going to be Jungle Boy versus him? Or is it going to be Jungle Boy versus Christian? I feel like they're going to build up Luchasaurus just to have him get squashed by Jungle Boy in a match before the pay-per-view. And then it's going to wind up being Christian against Jungle Boy on at All Out. I just had that feeling. That's why I am uh, spitting it. It's not the fact that it's Luchasaurus and it, it's everything else around it. Because I can get with uh, Luchasaurus acting like this. With, with the all the black, he's not talking. He's just dominating guys. I can get with that. It's just pairing him with Christian, not talking, not nothing. Him basically being Christian's bitch now. Patience, daniel son. Uh, listen, him looking at Christian, taking orders from Christian. Again, I said it. It's very reminiscent of the Kane-Paul Bear relationship, which means there is going to be a point where this badass version of Luchasaurus that I've been waiting for for three years is going to turn on Christian and grab him by the throat, and that is going to be a fucking moment. So patience. Lu- Jungle Boy will be back. That is going to be the main feud. It is going to be Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy with Christian in Luchasaurus's corner. They're going to do it. I'm fine with him squashing Griff Garrison because, again, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Uh, he is now a knockoff blonde Bo Dallas at this point for me. And I don't even call him by his real name. So that tells you how much I care about Griff Garrison. The whole experiment of the varsity blondes has failed in my opinion they lost julia they uh, fucking uh pillman jr is not working out the way i think they hoped griff garrison does absolutely nothing for me he looks like discount jungle boy at this point so it makes sense that luchasaurus is like oh hey you look like the man that i'm going to kill so i'm going to kill you until i can get my hands on him but so it was a swallow for me I think they should have had, so it was like Christian's like going after people who like Jungle Boy. You had the perfect opportunity to hit a kill switch on Anna J. That's Jungle Boy's girl. You mm-hmm. had the perfect opportunity. She had a match. She was in her hometown. Wasted fucking opportunity. And actually that match is a swallow for me because uh, I was very impressed with Anna J and the progress she's made. So knock that off. Huge fucking swallow, dude. I said the same thing. Serena D. Well, in the chat that we have, I said, "Wow, Anna J has been fucking working." And then I said, "Serena D. Actually pulled a fucking good match out of Anna J. That was a huge swallow, dude. Like Anna J. Impressed the fuck out of me in that match. And how the fuck do this Luchasaurus is beautiful, baby, beautiful. And I think when Jungle (laughs) Boy comes back, Luchasaurus is actually gonna crush Jungle Boy." I do. I think. I think. I. They. Jungle Boy is the face, but I think that when they do the one-on-one match, Luchasaurus is going to get the win. Jungle Boy will get the win over Christian, but when when Luchasaurus and JB go at it, Luchasaurus is. They got an opportunity with this guy right now. I don't think and they need a character like that because you don't have many big guys, and the ones that you do have lose all the fucking time. So. They have a, such an opportunity with this Luchasaurus, man. I can't, maybe, maybe I cannot stress even, it enough. Maybe they don't even do the Luchasaurus Jungle uh, Boy thing right away. Maybe they did the Christian Jungle Boy right away. And then you marinate a little bit of that Luchasaurus Jungle Boy. Yo, these two, guys are, these two guys are so good right now. 
I, I'm so sorry to be long-winded, but you could easily go Luchasaurus. And you don't want him to lose, but you can go Luchasaurus versus Wardlow for the TNT title and Christian versus Jungle Boy and knock off two matches at one time. That's how good Christian and Luchasaurus are right now. I don't personally want to see it, but that's how good they are. Well, you're up next, so spit or swallow, Tim. I'm swallowing Liv Morgan hard. I know. Don't we all wish? <laughs> but I'm swallowing everything about Liv Morgan hard. Everything that girl does is fucking beautiful. I'm so happy that she's on screen and she's fucking throwing her passion out there. She even made Natty feel okay to me. And I hate everything that Natty ever fucking does. So the fact that she actually made Natty feel okay with me without wanting to fast forward, I was good with, dude. So everything Liv Morgan does is good. Every time she talks, I'm invested. Every time she wrestles, I'm in. I was so emotional when she won money in the bank. Even more emotional when she cashed in that same night and won the title from fucking stupid fuck Ronda, which made it even better. Like, God damn, I love Liv. And I am so happy she's doing what she's doing. So I'm swallowing that match with Natty and that win. I'm spitting it because it's, as much as I love Liv, it was still Natalia. And it really, it wasn't, a, compared to some of the women's matches we watched this week, it was not my favorite. So I, Natalia cancels out Liv for me. I, I get where you're coming from. And I love Liv being champ, but it doesn't do it for me. Katie, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I, I have a few more. Um, I'm swallowing. Um, well, I was just trying to be nice and let the show go on, but I still had some. Um, Caden and Tatum Paxley, I'm swallowing the match. There were some spots in there that like caught me off guard because like, you don't really see Tatum wrestle. You usually see Caden in a tag team. So seeing Caden just go one-on-one and do fantastic, because like a lot of people forget she was Lacey Lane. She was in the Mayan Classic. Like, Caden can fucking go. So I'm glad that we were shown this, and it helped put Tatum up and this whole thing with her and Ivy, and then that we'll probably end up getting Ivy and Tatum and Team Ninja, whatever the fuck you want to call them now. Like, we're going to get that tag match soon. So, hell of a match. I, I love women's wrestling, so I'm going to swallow it. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. Love that, that match. Mm, both of you're them. Gonna get, you're going to see a little bit of that human side of Ivy Nivel because of the fact she's just been there, stone-faced, uh, winning matches like a badass. But now you see her kind of trying to put Tatum uh, on her back and help her out a little bit. That's why I do see, like she said, like a tag team match between – both tag teams. I like that fact from where you get to see a different side of Ivy that you haven't yet seen a lot of. Agreed. Uh, Dan, spit or swallow? I am going to swallow Trent Seven on NXT UK. He's been going around this week. He was in the weight room. And then, of course, you see him attack from behind. Uh, what's his name? Uh I always forget his name. Tall guy. He had the, the little point on the top. I always forget his name. Uh, Gridwell. Uh, Gradwell. Sam Gradwell. Gradwell. Yeah, Sam Gradwell. And he tacks him from behind. I just love the new attitude from Trent Seven. How he's pompous. He thinks he's better than you. I like last week how he wore the shorts with the, with the jacket. And he's just like, stay away from me. You're not even on my level. I just love it. And you know, at some point, it's going to point out to him and 
of course, uh, his former partner whenever he decides to return, which uh, hopefully will be soon. But I love the new attitude. I just love it. And I like the how uh, he attacked him from behind. You know, you're going to get the match between the two to put, to put over even more Trent Seven. But I think they did the perfect time to turn him heel. Don't look at me like that, Katie. I used to watch NXT UK. I fell off I after the pandemic hit, but I forgot. I didn't cover it, but I watched it. I know these people. <laughs> I, I know the Brits, all right? The Red Coats. I, I know who they are. Um, uh, Tim, Spitter Swallow. Yeah, man. And fuck, I thought I actually enjoyed Raw when I watched this week, but I keep spitting shit, which kind of is unfortunate. I was going to say, you were all like 90% swallows this week. Well, the more I'm, the more I keep looking at stuff, the more I guess I keep getting bought. So the show itself is fine. Like I enjoyed everything I watched. All right. So I guess there's a difference between enjoying what you watch and like actually what's going on. Asuka and Alexa Bliss against Dewdrop and Nikki Ash, while it was fine for what it was. What is Asuka fucking doing? What is Alexa Bliss doing? They're not doing shit. Both of them should be... The Raw Women's Division's banging. They're in the main event every week. They're putting on killer matches. Like you said earlier, Bianca and Carmella killed it. We're going to get the triple threat match, which is an homage to last year. Or was it... Yeah, it was last year when Becky came back. 26 seconds, Carmella won the challenger. I get why they're doing the triple threat match. Plus, Carmella's there to take the pin. Whether it's Becky getting her belt back, Bianca doesn't lose, or Bianca keeping the belt, pinning Carmella as she should. Becky's still having a gripe. But why isn't Asuka in this match? Where's Alexa? Both of these women have cases to be involved in a title in the title picture. Alexa hasn't done jack shit in forever. I liked Asuka's feud with Becky, but at the end of the day, I really wanted to see Asuka and Bianca just like tear each other out at a pay-per-view, and we haven't gotten that. So I'm going to swallow this, not because the content was bad, but because the back-end story is bad, what they're doing with Asuka and Alexa. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I skipped myself, so... You did skip yourself. Uh, I'm spitting Fallon Henley... I'm spitting Fallon Henley denying us a motherfucking bar fight. I wanted to see an APA back-alley bar fight. I love the whole aesthetic of Pretty Deadly being the metrosexuals coming into the country bar and everyone being like the fuck are these guys doing here they don't belong here and like i wanted the bar fight and then fallon's like not in my bar guys no and i'm like shut the fuck up and let them fight like i enjoy fallon henley but let let them fight i wanted to see some ass whooping i wanted to see an old school apa bar fight and i didn't get it so that's spit um it's that they had on me maybe reminiscent to uh back to the future three with marty mcfly with the with the outfit in the beginning of the movie, uh, that made me laugh. Yeah, the uh, Clint Eastwood esque, like bright, colorful cowboy gear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I went. So Dan went. Katie. To, yeah, Katie. Oh, swallow. Um, I'm spitting. This is my last spit. And then I just have one more thing after this. Uh, I'm just spitting Jericho's existence. I He does nothing for me. I. I don't care this fucking barbed wire everywhere jagoffs in a shark cage. It's so much happening. Granted, I never got fucking Paul Heyman in a shark cage, and yet I see the jagoffs in a shark cage. I'm kind of pissed off about it. Whatever. Um, but like I just don't care. He I need Jericho to go away. 
I don't want him on commentary. I don't want him on screen. I don't want him wrestling. I don't fucking care about Jericho. He's not needed in AEW anymore. I agree. I really was from the jump, but. I hated the Painmaker promo. I hated fucking save big money at Menards and his little bitch friend and their little back and forth promo. Uh, Not a fan of that at all. And Tim knows that. (laughs) You mean you don't love Danny Magic Man? Not at all. Sports entertainers. And here's the thing. I normally, outside of that bitch riddle, because of all the reasons everyone's heard me explain, don't need to hear me say anymore. Normally, I'm on the side of guys named Matt. Like, if you ask me to pick my favorite Hardy, I'm going to tell you it's Matt over Jeff. If you ask me to pick my favorite Buck, it's Matt over Nick. Nick looks weird to me. There's something about his face I don't fucking like. There is. I don't know. He, he is a very un- Matt is the much more attractive of the Bucks, in my opinion. Is Far Matt more is is Matt the darker haired one? Yes, yes, he yeah. is. Yeah, the other one's bald. He's a better wrestler, but he's bald, which makes him very weird looking. Is a so, big yeah 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 big head in the top. I normally rock with dude's yeah. name Matt, but in this case, fuck fuck Menard um, and Angelo Parker, whatever the fuck his name is. I feel like that he Matt should be shit. on like. I feel like that match should be on Discovery Network. They just film the match, put it on as like a special on Shark Week, and then you Shark Week, yeah. Then, then you show it there, not on like the main event of Dynamite. It just get, it gets me feeling like just move it there, just do it, do us a all favor. You still get people to view it. You might get people to view it that watch Discovery and then come over, and then you've got Jericho's name on top of it. So I feel like that was a missing opportunity there. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go around the room. Everyone gets one more spit or swallow, and then we're going to wrap up the show because we are running long. (laughs) Well, that's why I decided to do that because you said that, and I believed you this time. Uh, So whatever, look at your list. Whatever is the one thing that you want to make sure you get off your chest, swallow or spit-wise, before we close out the show, go with that one. Uh, Dan, spit or swallow. Tony D, I know you mentioned it a little bit, earlier but you didn't mention the whole segment you're starting to see legato de fantasmo embrace tony d now like he like you see him like questioning him a little bit here and there they're staying there at the end of the match and he tells them beat him up beat him up you see them kind of stand back a little bit but then all of a sudden it clicked and they start just going at it going at beat the shit out of uh, the guy and then you see him like stand there and you're like oh this is the moment they're embracing it what happens when Santos Escobar comes back? Do they turn on him and stay with Tony D? I feel like that's something that could happen. And then you can finally get Santos Escobar maybe get called up uh, to the roster because I felt like he should have been called up a while ago. But I'm liking this new aspect where they embraced their new leader. Or as I like to say, finally fucking fallen in line. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was my last swallow. Okay, okay. So you've got nothing else, Katie. I have not. I literally nothing else. Tim, spit or swallow. Yeah, I'll end this on a positive note. I will swallow the future of the WWE tonight, and in general, we heard the PG fourteen thing, which is a very positive thing. But tonight on SmackDown, we saw a match that a lot of people will not appreciate right now but a match between two future stars in this industry, two future world champions in this industry, theory against 
I hate the fucking name, but theory against Madcap Moss, two future world champions in WWE squared off tonight with Paul Heyman basically saying before the match to both guys that he is the reason why they are on television and they are in the roles that they are. I can't wait for both of their prospective futures. Theory is a fucking monster and Madcap, his energy that he's brought over the past six, like four months has been fucking incredible. That's the future right there. Guys like him, those two, Braun Breaker, watch out. WWE's building stars right before our eyes. I actually agree with you on that, Tim. I kind of, the match didn't hold me because, again, I don't give a fuck about Moss. But as I was kind of in and out of watching it, I was thinking to myself, again, this is someone with the right character change who can go in the ring that is definitely easily a future star. Same with Theory. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. All right, I guess I'll close out the show, and I don't really know what I want to pick uh, because I had both the New Day and the Viking Raider thing, but I think I'm going to close it out with a positive negative because why not? Because uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to agree with me, but I am swallowing the fact that Lacey Evans has decided to embrace her inner Donald Trump and go full heel because it works so well as a heel gimmick like it makes me really want to hate her and the fact that she has been like all right these people don't want to see a patriot they don't want to root for miss america so i'm gonna be the shitty person from america that they they're trying to portray me as and give them what they want i'm all for it so lacy really did it for me coming out and you know being she even brought back the nasties and she called them all nasties like she has gone back full heel she's embraced it she's told everyone to go to hell i'm for it i this is a lacy i want to see get her ass beat uh at some point soon by somebody so uh yeah katie what was your favorite show this week um nxt all right, Dan. I'm going to go, uh, this is crazy, but Rampage. Minus uh, the, the one spot that we both agreed on at towards the end, but everything else I thought was fire. TK? I mean, do we really have to ask? Fucking Dynamite was 10 out of 10. Give me a break. Based on the fact that Swerve and Your Glory are the new tag team champions, uh-huh. I am also going to go Dynamite as well. Fuck. I, I literally forgot that fucking happened. Yeah, Dynamite. <laughs> it's been a long week, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, since it's been a long week and you just did a show yesterday, Katie, go ahead and plug your socials and the Sheely Showcase. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at KatieRasslin13. Link sharing my bio to Yelping Sheely Showcase, twitch.tv slash Sheely Showcase, typically Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern. I guess we're going after Dynamite on Wednesday because, you know, God forbid I get noticed for anything. Uh, youtube.com slash she showcase where you can find all the videos and everything we've done um inside the mind of interview series i do the most recent one up is with the man who created the music for all of my shows and return to wrestling i think and mm-hmm. a bunch of our other friend shows big shout out to Jalen heel tactics uh so that interviews up uh in the crowd is a collab show thing game I don't even know what it is anymore. I do that. That's up there. You can look at past episodes. Uh, Audio, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. So everything's around. Go look at my shit. 
absolutely go look at her shit uh <laughs> she doesn't sell it like shotzi but you can go watch it uh dan please plug your shit yeah you can find my podcast cage my iq on youtube uh subscribe to it i put out a lot of uh, content for mma ufc belter pfl I got a couple of interviews coming up this week with the uh, UFC fighter Damon Jackson and then with the uh, NWA wrestler Thomas Lattimore. I got that coming up uh, next week. So you can find all that on there. I'm on uh, Twitter at KJIQ. And then me and a buddy of mine, Mo, are starting up uh, the House of Wrestling, where we're going to do content for wrestling all, all week. We're going to do Monday. It's going to be like a show where we talk about all the news of the past weekend, give our opinions and thoughts about everything going on in wrestling. And then we're going to start doing a little bit of uh, like breakdowns of uh, the cards and everything uh, moving forward. All right. And Tim wrestle index. Yeah. You can find the wrestling index podcast, all audio platforms, uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, anchor. Uh, you can also find it on floor New sports website, hyping it hard, dude. If you like lists, rankings, draft shit, we're always drafting stuff. You can find the Wrestling Index podcast on there. And my sports podcast, Floor Slappers Podcast, talking all things, like I said, fantasy football, football, NBA, and then wrestling on the Wrestling Index. And you can get it all on floorslappers.com, floorslappersports.com. Didn't you also join a new network? Yeah, I'm on the Visionary. Yeah, good call, man. I'm on the Visionaries Global Media Network. Chad's fucking awesome. Met him up in fucking or in Chicago. He's from Milwaukee and Forbidden Door. That was cool as fuck. Got both my podcasts on there. Gonna hype up the VGM. And uh, yeah, man, both shows are they're doing fun things. I'm I'm doing the sports show with my guys, the Mike's couple of Chicago-based sports show, and then the wrestling index. I'm gonna be doing a panel-based show. I got Justin from the In Time Wrestling Podcast. Eli Myers from the Nerds of Wrestling. And then I got an, another guy or two I'm going to be doing it with. And then hopefully a bunch of collaborations with the House of Wrestling with Bakley and Mo as well. So big fucking things coming, man. I'm very excited for the future. And I just want to say to you, thank you for having me back on. Yeah, to you and to Katie, the co-host. Thank you guys for having me back on. I had a fucking blast. Sorry, I'm long-winded as fuck as always. But... You want to talk wrestling with me? You're going to get long-windedness. But thank you guys so much for having me on. I had a fucking blast. And as always, you can find me. I'm Everett. It's at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-R on Twitter. Only Twitter and Instagram. Smackin' Raw Pod. I run the Twitter. Vince runs the Instagram. Smackin' Raw on Facebook at Facebook.com slash group slash Smackin' Raw. Creation World is the banner under which the Smackin' Raw podcast exists. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at the Creation World. T-H-E-C-R-E-A-T-I-A World. Also, CreationWorld.com and Facebook.com slash Creation World. So, for the shaman of Shalit, Miss Katie Kinsey Bay Bay, the host of Cage My IQ, Mr. Dan Bakley, the host of the Wrestling Index, Mr. Tim King. I am the warden Matt Ritter, the patron state of podcasting, and this has been the Smack and Raw podcast, the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. <laughs>